This is the microphone check. Hello, hello. Hello, and welcome to another episode of In Love With The Process. <laughs> this is not your host. His name is Mike Pesci. All right, all right. Hold on. Listening to the brand new episode of In Love with the Process, and you're listening to the sexy sounds of Le Avenue. This is a brand new, well, it's not a new track, but I just downloaded this one. This is off their last album, the album before the new one. Awesome band, awesome guys. They sent me over a bunch of vinyls, and I fucking love, love them. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Petchy. How are you? Come on in. Grab a beer. Grab a Bear Republic. We're drinking them in the studio today. Um, excited because uh, we're hanging out with a guest of mine. And before I introduce him, I should probably music cue him. right my tubs is that's in the great that's great yeah yeah <laughs> i feel like this would be my entrance music in wrestling and now the cruiserweight champion of the world <laughs> yes we're joined in studio yeah. by lance lance williams is here today there's so much going on it's like fucking it's just michael mann getting a boner 
Somewhere Val Kilmer's robbing someone. It's all about this. Is that a banjo? Is that a banjo? No, it's all it's all keyboard, man. Holy shit. Who did that track? It was like They can sound like everything. Uh, Han something. It's like the keyboards are god stoppers of uh, instruments. It could just be anything. Yeah, dude. They uh Especially that sound specifically. For those of you who are under the age of 30, that is the uh, original opening theme song for Miami Vice. And I play that song because Lance and I are like tubs of Crockett. <laughs> we have this long-running joke that whenever we go out together, we look like cops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like it's this Miami Vice. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. We haven't dressed up like that yet, though. We should do it. Honestly, after this year, you know, this Halloween pass, and I was like, man, I, I never really do anything particularly for Halloween. Maybe dress up, maybe go to like a little function. Yeah. But since being back home and y'all would have the parties, I was like, that was the that was when I started doing stuff. Yes. Oh, I started going out. I was like, oh, people have like other adults have parties and it's fun and we can dress up and it's still a cool thing. Since being here, I haven't found that yet, so I was like, I don't really know what to do. I know we've been kind of dropping the ball. I mean, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the blame because we haven't done a real Halloween party since we got yeah. here. But it seems like every time Halloween rolls around, we're doing some fucking shoot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, excuse me. That's the bear. It's the demons. It's the really demons. good. Um, so we just got fucking slammed. And then I have remorse like two or three days before Halloween. I always go to Gina. I'm like, mm. should we just do it? And she's like, it's, it's too late. <laughs> yeah, it's too late. can do it now. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we're gonna do it again. But LA is cool because like it, this was also the first place. So in Boston, you see people dress up. Yep. You know what I mean. You could pass through New York. People dress up. There, there's every city has their own vibe and how they approach it. But I've never been somewhere before like LA where you could go out mm-hmm. that weekend and it was just everyone everywhere. Cars are done up. People are dressed up. They've changed storefronts. I mean, it, it really hits every fucking way. Yeah, dude. It's kind of cool. I was like, you know what? Honestly, this is dope. Like, it's it's cool that everybody is finding a point to take a break and just have fun with something. Well, especially here. Like, yeah. like the land. Yeah. Like, if you want to get dressed up for real here, there are some costume yeah. shops that you can go to that are the legit yeah. costume shops. You want to be bald? DM that person on your Instagram who does makeup and yeah. is just starting out. Fuck yeah, dude. Like, it's like there's everything is here. Everything is here. So you can do whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, you can get pretty you know? epic. We ended up doing the um, Universal Horror Nights, which was fun. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that in your story. How was, was that? Fun. It was fun. Like... This we, is one where they had a bunch of chainsaws, right? Yes, which Ooh. I liked. Yeah. Um, the, uh, it was fun. As long as you get there early and you sort of skip. There was like this sort of like opening act. If you skip past the opening act and then you just went to all the different events, yeah. we were able to front load before anybody else got to a lot of it. So we okay. didn't have to stand in many lines. But it, as soon as the night went on, we got to like, I would say like 8.30, 9 o'clock. Then the fucking line started. Ah, uh, because remember you said you had to wait for a while in line, right? 90 minutes. Wow. Imagine zigzagging your way through a fucking parking garage for 90 minutes. There's a parking garage. Yeah, they, they fed the uh, line. I would hate that. Well, the thing that they do really well at Universal is crowd control. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah, yeah. It's just like hundreds and hundreds of people that you're snaking around trying to fit as many bodies and square footage as possible. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they, you know, they fish you through this fucking temp tent because all the stuff that they do for Halloween is all temp. So they yeah. bring in like it's pretty interesting. They bring in like these tents, like event tents, 
And then they sort of do like a zigzag maze through mm. the inside of them, and then they have people jump scaring and strobe lights and stuff. See, the the, the waiting in the parking garage I would hate because I like parking garages. Something like mysterious and sexy about parking garages. I have to just stand there for long enough that it's not like I'm just no. briskly passing through with the music in my headphones, going, "I'm that guy now." Like without yeah. that, it would be whack. What they should do is bring those fucking <laughs> kids from the that 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 bar over in L.A. where they do all the up close magic. They should just hire all those guys. Oh, I love have that them bar. come. Stand by the line and be like, listen, pick a card. Yeah. Yeah, they should. That would make that would make time fly. Well, we did the Harry Potter ride. Have you done the Harry Potter no, ride over there? I honestly the only thing I've done at Universal, I've walked through and I think I saw a movie over there. I saw the most recent Fast and Furious over there, but I've never done any of the, like the the um the Harry festive walks or any of the like themed shit. The Harry Potter shit's rad. Really? Yeah. They built like this. I mean, obviously I they know dragon. it's there. Mm. they obviously know that there is uh this is their big money draw so they spend a lot of fucking cash on it and it's like yeah essentially this big castle that it looks like a castle for all i know it could be a fucking bunker but as you sort of walk through the entrance to this place Mm -hmm. it feels like um basically you're you're in the world of harry potter and they do such a smart good job of like art dressing all of it so that when you're standing in this fucking ridiculous line you're actually going into the different rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you try to get to what That's the ride cool. is. That's cool. So you're you're existing in the. So they have like the room with all the talking pictures and all that, which was oh shit, well done. Is it sort of like pre-recorded stuff, or is yes. it like yeah. I was going to say, because they're interacting, how do they do that? Yeah, it's really cool. That's sick. Yeah, and they do like a lot of um, what do you call them? Holograms. They do a lot of hologram stuff in there. Oh. And then the ride was fun. It's it's essentially like one of those like you know, you sit four seats together and it's sort of on a gimbal and yeah. moves through the space in front of a video screen and then goes into some live props. I mean to get off track here, but you said hologram. This is what I always think about when people mention holograms and Apple watches. When the fuck are we gonna get that stuff? But like when do we get the hockey puck Star Wars thing where I could just throw it in the middle of the floor in the living room, like everyone gather around, Mike's on the phone. We haven't seen him in so long. Yeah, Lance. <laughs> Lance, I call it an iPhone, buddy. <laughs> it's not the same thing. FaceTime's a shit, but I want the hologram in the room. And I'll get an Apple Watch when I can successfully FaceTime on the watch. Because yeah. it just feels like some James Bond shit. I don't want to just look at my text messages on a smaller screen. Yeah. That's just, what the phone's for. It feels like a fucking like slave bracelet with the text messages. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. I don't like that. I don't like it. Either. I'm going to sneeze. Maybe. Bless you. Say Any- hippopotamus. You won't sneeze. Uh, Pink elephants, you won't sneeze. Just say it out loud. You won't sneeze. I promise you. That's not the. That's, that's not the a case. real thing. That's, that's a real case. thing. Try it out. Prove me. Prove me wrong right now. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got dust in my nasal cavity. Um. So it's good to have you on the show. Uh, congrats on thank being you. like one of our top, top three, top four episodes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think you uh, you had a fantastic caption or, or title for that one episode. I forget what it was. Um, I think it was uh, why you were such a liar or something. Yeah, something about me being a big liar. Yeah, which is so clever because then I knew what the question was what we discussed. So I was like, oh, that's sick. That's a smart way to position this. And then as you go and you listen, then you're you're hit with like a thought provoking question. That was so incredible. Yeah. Well, this is why you come back on the show because you do such a really good job of stroking mm-hmm. my ego and congratulating me. Mike's the best. Thing. Mike's yeah, so great. Boy, good. oh boy. Look at Mike. Mike, you losing weight? What's going on? <laughs> Shut the fuck wow, up. Your hair's growing long too. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Look at this beard. Uh-huh. Uh, Leonidas, what's happening? Uh-huh. <laughs> Am I in Sparta? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is Sparta. Um, oh, man. So Lance and I, if you guys listened to last week's episode, which I hope all of you do. 
Um, Lance and I just uh, worked together. We did a short film together. We went to war together for mm-hmm. two days. I want everyone to just understand that this is not small potatoes. We have been working slowly towards putting my entire body on camera. <laughs> Hold on. When did I meet you? Because I had just moved to Boston for the first time when we met. Uh, Actually, I hadn't even moved to Boston yet when we met. I was oh, still really? living in Connecticut. Oh, so it's been a long fucking time. And slowly Mike has been like, all right, I'm going to put you in this short film, but put your head in the helmet and the revisor is all reflective. We're not going to see a face. <laughs> Probably was just going to see like your arms that aren't inside the vest. Okay, sick. I'm like, oh, this is going to be amazing. I'll figure out like, like physical acting. Ooh. And then slowly but surely it was like, I'm going to have you come PA. And then like, I need your shoulder in this scene for Gene because Gene's got to go home. I'm like, well, I want to fucking go home. It's four in the morning. Uh-huh. Tell Gene's punk ass put his shoulder in frame. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So slowly we've worked this way. And oh, then 12 kilometers yeah. with the with the with creature the hands. hands and yeah. me running by the screen. Oh, yes. That's right. You were yeah. the runner. I'm very proud of that because when we look back and I watch them, I'm like, God damn it, I looked fast. Well, dude, you just got, I forgot you were the runner. You just got a really great compliment. There was a kid... That recently did I? I'm sorry because I can't remember his name, but I posted on Instagram last week. There was a really great review for 12 Cam. He actually yeah. broke it all down video oh, wise, sick. and yeah, and he was really freaked out by the black moving, excuse me, demons. Yeah, so good demons. shit, good yeah. shit. It's interesting that stuff too, right? Because you think like, um, okay, I could just run by camera. Is there a way that I run? Is there something about my body? Like, what do I do here? And so you're trying to find like the minutia, these subtle differences in your movement without making it, here's this dickhead bambling past screen. You know what I mean? Like you want it to still feel threatening, but not quite human. Yeah. It was so interesting to figure that shit out, even with the hands, like, uh, yeah. like doing, sorry, I'm not going to, I can't find a better term. The reach around scene of like trying to. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better term for this. Well, but like you, we were you trying to like, try to like grab Ara's torso. Yeah. And you're like, well, how do the hands move? Mm-hmm. And I remember just thinking about like Doug Jones and the shit he does. And I go, okay, well, like here's somebody who this is all that they do or primarily what they do. And they're incredible. I mean, who does it better? Mm-hmm. And so I go, okay, well, what is he doing? What is he thinking about? Mm-hmm. Right. Because then it's like, you're not playing just a human. You're playing these creatures. Well, then it's, that's that's beyond what our, we know of our emotional range. Now you got to find other stuff, mm-hmm. which is scary because you don't know what to do. But at the same time, liberating because I could do anything because nobody knows. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's always those little details that are found in that that make it interesting. And those yeah. are those moments that I end up pulling in the edit, anyways, yeah. where you're looking yeah. at them and you're like, ah, oh, the way the hand moved there—that's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you you. <laughs> <laughs> you consistently crushed not physically being on screen. Listen, I'm the uh, I'm the guy. Yeah. You know? Well, you beg. Best hand model. You wanted to be a, a front. I didn't center. beg. I pitched. There's <laughs> a big fucking difference. I didn't beg. I pitched. I pitched because it stopped making sense. Like what the fuck? Put me in the fucking movie. No one else available. No one wants to do it. Let's do it. Let's go make it. Well, then you got put in front of my camera and you got your ass handed to you because of how how long we were working. Please, Mike. That's nothing. That Those hours nothing. ain't shit. Those hours ain't shit. You think you think I would rather be PAing those same hours? Uh-huh. Hell no. <laughs> I want to do the thing that I came to Los Angeles to do is to act. And if you go PA, they're going to give you 12, 14 hours anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, we $300 and a pat on the ass and a little crafty. That's we'll right. We'll see you tomorrow at 5 a.m. That's right. It was fun. I had fun working with you. Like it was... Yeah. Uh, it was a stressful shoot, but uh, stressful, I think, in a good way. And there was a lot of pivoting that happened. But I felt like 
the work that you and I did mm-hmm. early on was really helpful. Absolutely. Because um, we started talking about Mo a while ago. Yes, we did. We also here have some of this. Oh, you got plenty in there. Sorry, guys. Okay, we're going to be Just taking a brief moment to refill my Bear Republic. We're going to be very burpy because we're drinking uh, Bear Republic right now. Bear Republic's like, thanks for the ad read, burpy. Um, Ooh, this Bear Republic. I can taste the sun. Yeah, we're drinking the sun. They sent us some. So it's their summer ale. It's the sun. Is this a fucking IPA? Because I'm not going to lie. I'm not usually a fan of IPAs, but this, this is all right. It feels like a hoppy ale. This is good. And uh, these guys, this is part is of this their- Hansel and Gretel on the front? I think it's part of their tarot card. Uh, they have this thing where they do these this tarot card like tarot. series. Okay. And uh, I think that's what this is. I think oh, that's shit. what this is. If you guys are It inter- looks like the dune worms in the back here in the sand. Is this on Arrakis? <laughs> yes. I want to yes. know. Bear Republic, tell me the answers. <laughs> If you guys want to also have uh, one of the sun, uh, be sure to go to bearrepublic.com and you can order beer online now. If you use our promo code uh, PROCESS15, you'll get 15% off your beer order. And what I'm trying to do is keep these guys on as a sponsor. So uh, if you got to get some beers for this weekend, go to bearrepublic.com, especially if you're in California. There are a few states that uh, won't let you ship uh, beer around, but... If you try to order it there, they will tell you where you can buy it locally. Um, so head on over to Bear Republic now. And uh, and if you want some extra credit on the Fuji Film Contest that we're doing, uh, head on over to Bear Republic's Instagram page, mm. tag me in your post, and write to them, hey, we appreciate you being a sponsor of In Love With The Process. Because uh, that just lets them know that you're listening to my ad reads. You know what I'm saying? And then they stick around. Anyway. Skip all that. I'm stealing the camera while I'm here. No one's winning. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying that Ian was on the show last week, and he was like looking at the camera, and yeah. he's like, who gets that? And I was like, not you. <laughs> not you, son of a bitch. <laughs> not you, dude. Yeah. You got you to know the friend rules early on where you're like, fuck, my homie's got this cool thing he's giving away, but like... There's that conflict of interest. You're like, I get, right. I don't get to win this thing. I don't right, get to I can't win this give it thing. to. I can't give it to you. But I do get to know the address of where it gets sent somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, let me just use my computer real quick. Check my email. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, let's talk a little bit about uh, this project and how yeah. we how we got yeah. started with yeah. it. Yeah. God, um, we started. We started. I would say, like, probably. I think the first year you were here, we were talking about Mo. Yes, the character that you play. Yes. Yeah. So, so how much can we talk about about now, the let's overall? Let's not give away too much. Let's just be vague because okay. I don't want to. I don't want to give away yeah. too much. But well, I think there's this having that time to really dissect it is helpful because as much as the work you put into it is necessary, I think time away from it is also important, mm-hmm. right? It's like exercise. You can't every single day go hit the same body part you have to have rest time you have to recuperate your body has to heal yeah and so i think your brain is the same thing with creation where you you can focus on a thing for so long and then you hit that wall and so okay well then it's not a panic that oh it's writer's block or i can't find it or, i don't know what i'm doing it's then that's the time when you got to step away for a bit yeah and i think we've been fortunate enough to have such a broad span of time because this wasn't a, a plan initially yeah so we got to just build the character and walk away from it do yeah. some other shit come back keep building go away yeah and so by the time we got to shooting and i was like i feel like i know this guy so well because we've been talking about it for at least two years yeah 
You know what I mean? So it's way easier to tap into. But even then, you know, on the day finding out things like, yes, you know, we, we talked about traits and mannerisms the day before, like the, the, actually the day of our first shoot. Yes. I was like, well, what about this? What about that? I find it fascinating that it's like, even no matter how much time you have ahead and prepare and plan, new ideas can still happen. Well, dude, I still have new ideas. So, yeah. well, before getting to that, uh, what I found very useful, both because you were on the show when I did when I had Judith Weston on the show. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So we were yeah. on the show. This goes back to that. Yeah. So during COVID, for those new listeners that are here, go back and listen to the episode that I did <clears throat> with Judith Weston. I'll mm. see if I can find the number as we're talking here. Um, but Judith Weston wrote. Uh, she is a uh, acting and a director's coach, and she wrote these great books uh directing with uh working with actors hold on let me find the books it's so good honestly and it's it's i think even as an actor these are still helpful even though like the the focus like off the title is directing actors but i think well, well if this is what directors are reading then shouldn't we be reading exactly. it as well like exactly because then it's you know then we can at least go oh we have similar dialogue we have similar language for certain things yeah and then we can get to a final a better final product because we just can communicate yes Yes. So you the know. two books are Directing Actors and the Film Director's Intuition. And Holy shit, you got a lot of this fucking sticky notes in there. Yeah, God, dude, damn. I went through. Yeah, I went through them. It looks like the Unabomber's Manifesto right now. <laughs> I felt that way. <laughs> when I was introduced to these books, I sort of had this eye-opening experience where I was like, I called myself a director <laughs> prior to this. Mm-hmm. Like It was very much a thing. And, and I've talked about this on the show uh, quite a few times. On how when I first started in this business, I looked at actors as sort of these mythical creatures, and I I had a unicorn, the unicorn, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so really didn't know how to process it, and so her books really sort of wrapped my brain around it, and then it became exciting again because I was mm-hmm. like, oh fuck, I want to start directing because mm-hmm. a lot of these skills, a lot of these techniques, yeah. are very useful. Uh, and so I definitely used a lot of them in my prep and my director's prep mm-hmm. before we worked together. And then you and I talked and we did a bunch of prep right. on the right. character. How did it work out for you? How'd you feel about the whole thing? You know, I, I think in the best way I can put it. So I just watched this documentary. I've watched it twice now. It's so fascinating. Uh, my, my teacher octopus. And I know this is like from 2019. Everyone's probably not roll their eyes because it's old news, but it was my first time watching it. Is this the one um, about the octopus that everybody gets yeah, crazy about yeah, when I eat yeah. octopus? Yeah. yeah it, was, it was fascinating. Yeah. And it makes me think about this, right? Where you go, okay, well, you have this creature that is elusive and has all this ability to be showy, but just wants to hide. And it's through trust that this thing presents itself and then shows you all this, all these magnificent colors and things it can do. And as I'm watching and I'm like, oh, this is acting. This is essentially what we do. It's like you, hmm. you, you kind of like scurry into your den, your apartment, and you, you sort of hold up there working on your thing, waiting, going out when you need to, coming back, and you just want a chance to go show all the things that have been bubbling beneath the surface. Hmm. But it requires trust. And when you have the director or the people that you work with, you trust me, you feel comfortable. Then you go, okay, well, I'll come out of the den and I'll show you all these colors I can do. I'll show you like mm-hmm. all these textures and things that I can do, you know, with my emotion and my body and my language. That I'll show you all these things I can do because I feel comfortable enough that I don't think, I don't second guess when the thought crosses my mind to try this thing. I just can't just let it happen. And it feels so freeing. So watching that made me think about that. And that's how this experience felt, where it was it was very much like the the trust of our our friendship. And then knowing that, 
you put the time in with the Judith Weston book, me listening to the book, us talking about it, us talking to Judith, then going on set, I said, oh, I know this guy respects what I do. Yeah. So then, because I know you respect what I do, and then we're already friends, so like I trust you, it just, it smooths that thing over even more. But you could have the situation where, well, it's my friend, and so I trust him. And then you get on set, and you go, this motherfucker's a terrible director. Yeah. He has no clue how to, how to, how to have this conversation with me or anyone else. Or, oh, I know how to talk to camera people, but there's no fucking clue how to talk to me as a talent. Yeah. You know, and so you have that, that, that weird different dynamic. Uh, but I, I, I think it was that trust that just made things so smooth. So I was like, okay, cool. Here's what I need. I need this and da da da, and like, and I can give you this. And then just let me play. Yep. And then, it, like, if you notice as the night goes, we talk less and less. Yep. Because we don't need to anymore. Yep. It starts to get shorter and briefer. You go, okay, so it's uh, here. We're gonna, we're gonna, and you're talking more about coverage because you now trust me to do what I'm doing. Yeah. And so now, now the trust has gone the other way, and I think that's such the that's the beautiful relationship. That's the symbiosis you want is the understanding that I don't need to worry about whatever the fuck is going on with the camera because I trust you. Mm-hmm to shoot the shit out of this and make it cool as fuck and make me look good at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And then you trust me to make your character look amazing, right. to make your character interesting, to bring things you maybe haven't thought about. Yeah, no, totally. And somewhere in that that conversation is, is, the, is where everything pairs up and then you sit back and you watch and go, damn, yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was good. There's a lot of moments on set where I, it, felt, it felt really good. There was a... Yeah. <clears throat> specifically the first one that comes to mind is I talked about this in the last episode, so I'm not going to get too into the technical bullshit on this one, but um, technical sort of takes over, Mm -hmm. right? We're having Mm -hmm. trouble with the snow machine. We're having trouble with this. We're having trouble with that. And so um, normally what I would do prior to all this learning would be that I would go deal with the stresses of the tech, right? So it would be like, hey, uh, the sound guy's going to leave halfway through the night. And so then on my feet, I'd have to be like, okay, who knows how to blah, 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 and yeah. then try to f- solve this fucking problem. And so you put yourself through the most intense sort of uh, problem solving, damage control scenario. Mm-hmm. And then you walk away from that while you trust your team to go do it. Yeah. It was really great when Travis showed up and he was the, yeah. we'll get into yeah. that, but when he showed up as the operator. And then Fern for sound. I mean, but, yes. but look, at, look at the beauty of what you're doing, right? You have, uh, you've assembled a team of people around you to work on the thing that you want to do to tell your story. Yeah. And then those people believe in what you're doing enough that they say, you know, what? I got to leave early tomorrow night, but I got somebody that's going to come in. They're going to show up when I show up and they're going to help you with other stuff. And then when I have to leave, they'll take over. I mean, man, come on! Like they yeah. say, it takes a tribe. I mean, it doesn't. You, you, you don't. It doesn't get more tribe than that. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then you're in that scenario, and you're trying to solve those problems. And normally, yeah. what I would do is then walk away from that nightmare that was thrust at me, mm-hmm. and then sort of go into my own little space and sort of take a breath. And normally what I would do is sort of congratulate myself on handling that. Mm-hmm. I would sort of settle my nerves on that. Yeah. Just be like, you did a good job on that. That's great. But this time I didn't. What I ended up doing was I would come to talk to you and I would sit down with you and, yeah. and just sort of sit there and go like, do you know where you're at? Do you know what's going on? Mm-hmm. What do you want from this? Mm-hmm. So it was just having that opportunity to have this conversation. Someone took video. I think a Tran took video of you and, me, you and I having this conversation, yeah. which he showed me afterwards. Which Well, it's nice, man, because it, cool. as, as the actor, it tells you like, it humanizes the director. You know, you come over and you're like, hey, so let's talk about this, this, and this. And part of me goes, oh, he's doing this to like help me remember my thing. And like, all right. 
It's part of this because like he, he he's having a tough moment too. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. shit! Because I think that what what would I do if I was nervous? I go I I would go back through all my shit. I'll go back through all my shit to make sure that I have it because I'm I'm a little mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little insecure at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and so seeing like the director of you in this case pull up and and want to have this dialogue, I'm like, okay, cool. He's he's still he's trying to figure it out too. Great, 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 great. Yeah, we're both yeah. we're both just trying to learn and figure this thing out and solve it and. You know, there's all these other extenuating circumstances. You've got the crew, you've got gear, you've got, you know, oh, are we too loud for the neighbors? Are we, are we, yeah. you know, how sound even? If, like, you, all these things you got to kind of problem solve. It's being able to sort of come back to the core and go, okay, hold on. Let's just talk for a second. Like, so when we go in here and turn the camera on, we're not wasting everyone's fucking time. Yeah. You know? Well, and for me too, like what I end up doing when I check in with you, <laughs> the idea I like I always beat myself up. The idea of having to read the fucking script again mm. while I'm there mm-hmm. just pisses me off because it's Why? like because what it does is it takes me out of the moment mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, I got to go read the script real quick. Yeah. And so I have to go read it, which is important. And this yeah. is probably a weakness thing on my part. But it just pisses me off. And so it's nicer for me to go to this with you. So, for yeah. instance, I may have just told the camera guy Hey, do me a favor, set the slider up, and we're going to do a push here. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've written down that we're going to do a push here. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to do. And so then yeah. when I go and I talk to you, I go, what's the emotional context? And what are you feeling? And mm-hmm. so you start to tell me that I'm also clocking in my head, is the push the right thing mm-hmm. for what you're going to do? Yeah. And there were a few times where we chatted and I was like, that's not the right thing. Yeah. So like I'll go in and, and readjust it and go let's leave it on a wide for this and let's mm. if you noticed on day two we went back and shot a bunch more yeah, stuff yeah i was super glad we did also super yeah because i but saw it, what you were doing and then i was like yeah i need a close-up on that like we need this yeah and, and, it, and it helps i think even you know sort of like knowing that we, there's a lot of similar movies we like um and, or, or even at the probably better said similar beats in movies that we like yes and so then when I see what you're setting up for and I hear you talking to them and you'll probably throw out a reference to something out loud and we'll all have to laugh, but then I get to go, ah, I know what he's doing. I know what he's going for. And so I can sort of like cater what I'm doing mm-hmm. inside the emotional truth of what my character has going on. I can cater the action to that thing. So like you, you're pushing in on the slider. So I go, okay, well, I'm looking at this thing, but how can I cheat this this way into this light in this way? That I know if I'm watching this at home, I go, oh, that's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Well, because I'm the subject, then I can adjust to make mm-hmm. that fucking cool so mm-hmm. that it pairs up with what you guys are doing. You know what I mean? And it's just, mm-hmm. it's, and this is why I feel like for actors, everyone needs to go be a PA and go work on sets and just watch stuff. You know, like, forget about who you're meeting on set and everyone, the pitch is always, well, you never know who you meet and what connections you could make. So we never know what you could learn. And which you could understand yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And that's more important to me anyways. I don't, you meet people and sure, and that, that can be definitely beneficial. But I've found that the the gold was really in what I learned, not who I met on set. Mm-hmm. It was what I learned from just like pulling up and watching, going by the monitor. And it's like, you know, most jobs, they'll probably tell you, get the fuck out of Video Village. But this is where the fucking schmoozing and the charming comes in. And you try to get that thing going enough so they allow you to be someone who stands near the monitor enough to just watch. Yeah. It's not about meeting those people. It's not about fucking getting to talk to whatever 
music artist that's nominated for a Grammy we're shooting photos of today. It's not to talk to them or their age or anything. It's so you can get close enough to be allowed to be at the monitor and watch up close what they're doing. It's so that you can be allowed to get close enough on set mm -hmm. to see how the lights are getting moved and to understand what's happening. And then to see what they're doing. Yeah. Like, what is this artist doing? How are they How are they responding to all this stuff? And then watching how their team and the rest of the crew respond to them. Yeah. Because it's all relationship. Yeah. And you can sit there, you might watch and say, you know what? I don't like the way this person got an attitude and started chewing people out and it kind of made for a shitty day on set. And then now, now my boss is shouting at me to not be this close to the video village or the monitor. Ah, this is whack. Or you get someone to say, man, they were fucking incredible. Yeah. They were so kind and sweet to everybody. And I bet those photos came out fucking better. I bet that video came out better too. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to learn that way. You got to learn by getting close and watching. So you got to go do the other stuff. It can't just be, well, someone's going to come grab me and I'm going to be an actor and it's going to be amazing. No, you got to go do the other shit too. Well, because then if you, this is what you did very well when we worked together is that you had an awareness. So I, I was able to explain to you, like, here's your light. Yeah. There are a couple moments in here that are fucking gorgeous yeah. and they're accident. I, I'm going to get a lot of credit for shit that I didn't do. Yeah. So there's a couple of moments. Take it, Mike. Take all the credit. There's a couple of moments where like while you were just sort of moving through, because I was also lighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Josh, who uh, is going to get credit as the gaffer, he busted his ass. Yeah. But yeah. I'm also lighting with him. Mm -hmm. And so we would uh, block out a scene or talk about what a scene was, and then I'd light it, and then you'd come in and then go through it. Yeah. And there's a couple of moments where like you were just sort of situating – we're moving through the set and I saw what the light was doing. And I'm like, that's fucking cool. And that mm -hmm. sort of triggered how I was making you move through the yeah. light, which was fun. And then there's one shot that I really mm -hmm. liked when we were shooting it. And I haven't looked at footage since. Oh, shit. Now, I just I try to distance myself enough before I look at it again. What did you say earlier? You got to step away for a second. Yeah, I got to. Got to get some clarity. I got to. But um, we did that low angle where you, where you burn yourself and notice something. Mm. and it was with the anamorphic i forget what the lines i don't know if it was the 21 or the 32 maybe and so you're backing up and you turn to look down and the camera's on the floor behind you so you're backing up and you turn and look down as i'm shooting up and we were just sort of walking through it and the notion is that the actor just sort of walks towards back backs up towards the camera turns and looks down right mm. But what I found was that as you came, you turn your head first. And there was something interesting in the performance of that, where you come, you turn your head, and then when you register what it is that you're looking at, mm -hmm. your body turns. Yeah. And it was yeah. just a really nice progressional performance mm -hmm. on, a, on a fucking insert, mm -hmm. realistically. Um, that well, I think it helps when, like, because so it's just one subject. Yep. So you go, okay, well, we're only shooting the hands. We're only shooting, it's inserts of this, it's inserts of that. I said, but well, can I do the whole performance though? Like, because yep. that, that might inform yep. how I move this thing. And it's not to play out, let's play out the two minutes previous to this insert. No, like, just like, what are like 15 seconds before this yeah, beat? Yeah, yeah, Give you like, an give emotional... me enough time to inhale and exhale. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? We try and to do see that. what we find, and and it fucking helps, man. It helps massively because then you get those moments like that. Yeah, because you get a lot. You're allowed to like sink back into it almost. I like to try to rewind at least to like an emotional build for you. Mm -hmm. So like if it's yeah. go back yeah. to like where you just or emotionally did something. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it was good, dude. Like, um, there's a lot of really great moments that I think we captured in there, 
And there were moments that the crew was responding to. So when the crew responds to stuff, you're like, okay. Yeah, something's happening. Something's yeah. happening, man. If it's like fucking, you know, like, you know, 3.30 in the morning and they're uh-huh. smirking. Then you're yeah, like, you're feeling good. You're like, okay. It's the same in acting class, right? Where you go up and I've been fortunate enough to find myself in classes where people were open emotionally mm-hmm. um, and then have had in that that paired with the work that I put in preparing for whatever I'm doing mm-hmm. and to have the response of the audience be moved emotionally or to laugh at something that you didn't intend to be funny mm-hmm. but in hindsight you're like oh that shit is funny okay yeah I get, I get why you enjoyed that you know to be able to have that impact is such a direct relationship between you as the actor and the audience right like mm-hmm. there's no me and the camera and then someone will watch it and then they'll come to me later and then be like oh man that one part that was really funny or you know this one part really moved me i get it right get to have it right then and there mm-hmm. right then and there i see oh man these people move like this or you come off stage and uh in, in one class we did, I, I did a scene and um i went to the backstage afterwards get my shit together i had makeup on my face wipe shit off and two of the girls from class um came to the back and both of them i think are married one has uh, a few kids and the piece that I was working on was uh, me talking to myself as mom and dad and going through um, what each parent's regret is and why the mom wants to leave or needs needs a break from the relationship. And so I just focused on that thing, right? And I looked at like a conversation I had with my own mother and, and then seeing that how those two women came backstage and they were so moved by it and they came up to hug me and we talked. Mm-hmm. And it, and it wasn't like a, a fanfare and applause and, oh, you're so amazing. It sure. was, fuck, this touched you personally. You yeah. personally. Because the other women in class didn't come back. There's, there's two women who, who understand that life. It connected for them. I said, you know, I'd rather have these two people. I'd rather have two people really touched by what I'm doing come back to say hello and share their story than, than the fucking standing ovation. I'd rather yeah, have that. Of course. You know, because you know the shit you're doing means something. So yeah. like when we're on set and you say, oh, man, people are excited. People are smiling. People are having a good time. Like they like the shot we just did. That is such a rewarding feeling. Yeah, because you know you're barking up the right tree. Because right. all of it's in theory, dude. Like it's yeah. you know you and I work hard, and then I sort of sit home, sit at home, and I process how I'm going to cover what this thing is, and <laughs> I can't do anything simply. So right. as you can right. see, as right. you went through, as we put you through, I'm surprised we did this one in English because for a second I was like, what's he going to say? <laughs> But it's you know it's it's only a three minute scene, yeah. But it took us two days to shoot it because of all the complexities that yeah. were involved with it. But that's how you get a fucking solid three minute scene. Yeah. That's how you get something memorable. That's how you get something that people go, wait, wait, wait what else can you do? Yeah, you know. Well, because take we, your time. We spent a lot of time initially. The scene was very basic, mm-hmm. and then we spent a lot of time sort of building it out, and yeah. uh, you know, Rehearsing, trying to add emotional context through. and. Discussion. It's. It's. It, I tell everybody this all the time, especially if they want to get like into writing. I say, find somebody else you can do it with. Find somebody you can talk to. Yeah. You need that. You need that so much, man. Like, nothing I write would be any good mm-hmm. if I did it all by myself. Everything I've ever written has been with someone else. It's so informative. Like, if I'm working on a story idea and I run it by George, my roommate, and he, then he will hit me with these thoughts and it's oh right right okay we're right, right. the the other thing with my buddy if i if i didn't have him to have conversation with it wouldn't be the same thing you and i have been able to have these conversations about this character for so long that then mm-hmm. when we go to shoot it, it it's it's fine-tuned and you, yeah. you can move through it a little bit easier yeah and, and that's, that's pressure man you're just finding those subtleties it's yeah. the subtleties that yeah 
that make it interesting for me. And it's the surprises yeah. that make it interesting for me. Because oh, absolutely. I've, I've seen a character, a version of a character. And honestly, the only stuff that I've really seen in my head is the look more than anything else. So, like, mm -hmm. we worked really hard on the way that your character looks. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, I've always seen glasses and the cigarette and like mm -hmm. that's always been ever since yeah, I was that first that first initial sketch you have is from an old uh, old headshot of mine. Yeah. With the little cigarette and the, the the mustache. Yeah. And I thought that was such a gift to go back in and, and build out like the wardrobe and take time with that because I'm looking at going so I know the first initial image of this guy um is this um cleaned up image of me mm -hmm. okay so then who, what was i feeling at that point if i go back to that photo okay then then let's build from there like what are the memories i have of mm -hmm. these kind of people uh, they dress like this dress like that how do they move what do they have going on what are their afflictions mm -hmm. what are their successes what are their failures you know start like sort of just thinking about those things writing things down and mapping it all out just just starting to get curious about it yeah you know what I mean? And let the instinct just lead you in a direction. What, what, what do you feel? I feel like this. Great, let's follow that. Yeah. And so when we go to pick out the clothes and stuff, say, uh, you know, nah, that shirt don't feel right. This one, this something about this feels right. And it's just the instincts. It's just following that thing. And, and I think it's so helpful as an actor because then if you can follow your instincts in those moments and you follow your instincts on set, and your instincts on set can be the difference between uh, a good scene, a great scene, decent <laughs> scene, a lackluster scene. And there's a ton of other things that go into play in there, but the only thing that we can control as a performer is, or the talent is, it's just what we do. I have no control over what you do with the camera and the lights and all this shit. And I think it's better off that way. Yeah. I think it's way better off. I see a lot of people that want to, the lead role and it's the directing debut. And I go, ah, all right, all right, we'll see. It's we'll a lot. see. It's a lot, dude. I would respect it more if your directing debut, you weren't in it. Yeah. Where well, you just focused on that. Well, dude, I, mean, I will specifically say, I tried to operate and direct you. Uh -huh. And our first day was weaker because of it. It was definitely easier the second day. Much definitely weaker easier. because definitely of it. Definitely easier. And it was just because I hadn't operated with that gear. And so yeah. like there was a bunch of moments where I was like trying to find the right way for the gear to work. Yeah. And it's very I mean, I took the focus off the table because I had someone doing follow focus, but your brain mm -hmm. can only focus on so many fucking things at the same yeah. time. And so yeah. when you're moving a camera you know in one direction that's one thing but then if you're moving the camera in one direction but you're also panning the camera and then i'm also watching your beats but i also mm -hmm. have to land my marks yeah on the on the slider it becomes difficult because that right. i'm i get lost in your performance and i miss my marks mm -hmm. and so uh yeah you need someone that can, you need people that can be detached i cannot imagine being a, an actor that acts there's in no it fucking way and then directs it i can't i couldn't i can and, and, and more proud of people who do it like uh don Cheadle for miles ahead i think it's fantastic fantastic and there's i'm sure there's other examples but for me i just that's the that's the only time i've seen it done where i i don't think about it every other time i've seen it done it crosses my mind at some point and it checks me out a little bit even if it's just for a while mm -hmm. it checks me out you know and so I don't know how people do it, man. I don't know I how they juggle it. At that point, you have Can't to have like a, a fucking assistant director that you really trust. You have God, to have yeah. a, a cinematographer yeah, that is yeah, yeah. someone that you really, yeah. really, really trust. Because it's it's so fucking hard just to direct, let alone God, do yeah. all like. Because I on this one, I was operating. I was cinematography. I was doing lighting. You 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 take on too much 
where something's going to sacrifice. And if I'm mm -hmm. focused, there are moments where I had to be hyper-focused on you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, uh, we're not going to adjust the lights or anything because I have to focus on this. So yeah. like, you have to sacrifice. Your brain just can't fucking handle all that mm -hmm. shit. And so. But, but, but look, at how, look at how it sounds in your voice right now even. You had to do all these different jobs to produce the thing you wanted, right? Mm -hmm. You care. That's true. That's all it is, is you care. You cared enough to go, I'll do the fucking lighting, I'll gaff, I'll, 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 I'll do cam op, I'll also direct, also I'm script soup. Uh, you know, you're going to do all these things because you actually care about this piece. And that makes a difference, right? And that's what we all go into it with is, is I, I, I give a shit about this thing. I really love this thing. I want to see this happen. But I think that's why we start to do this where we go, you've, you've done it at, this at a certain level for so long. Mm -hmm. And then you go, okay, I got to move somewhere to do it at the next level. They move to that place, and you find out they change the rules. And so now you're frustrated, and you're learning the new rules and trying to catch up to that thing. And you catch up, and they say, no, I'm still no. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's not going to let you do it. And then you go, well, what the fuck? I've done everything I'm supposed to do. I, I, I trained for years. I, I moved away. I sacrificed. I, I put in the time, my 10,000 hours. I've done everything. No one ever tells you what happens after 10,000 hours. They say, oh, you get your 10,000 hours. And then no one has anything to say after that. And I'm convinced now that people who say that the most haven't done 10,000 fucking hours. <laughs> yes, yeah, Because true. that's the only reason they lean on it so much because they have no clue what the fuck you're supposed to do after that. Yeah. So you get to that point and you go, well, now what? Yeah. I've done the stuff. I have the credits. I have all these things. I have the experience. I have the real. I have the proof to show that I'm good enough to do this thing, but no one's letting me do it. So then what the fuck do you do? Mm-hmm. Then you sort of look around. You look at your friends. Well, you shoot, and you direct, and you write, and y'all act, and you do camera, and you fucking love lights, and this bitch over here has a ton of crafty in the car all the time. Why don't we just do this ourselves? Yeah. And I think that's where you find special things, really magical things, because it starts to go back to the beginning, back to the basics, right? Mm -hmm. Initially, everybody had to start out with just the core group, the friends who wanted to be around because they liked being around you. And they didn't, yeah, and I like movies also. So fuck yeah, let's go make something. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it goes back to the core of what it is. And I think that's where you find really special things at our level anyway. There's really special things is, is in that pocket where we come together. You know what I mean? Where we go, no one's allowing any of us to do this word the way we would like to. So fuck them. Yeah. So fuck them. Yeah. Let's do it together. Yeah. And it's you know it's only gonna be we're only gonna have a five minute thing at the end. It's not gonna be a feature film, but we have five fantastic minutes. And this five minutes goes really fucking well. Maybe next time we do fifteen. Dude, that's why I texted you the other night and I was showing you that I was watching uh, Days of Thunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as you sent it to me, I was like, Days of Thunder. Immediately. I couldn't text it fast enough. That fucking shot with uh, uh, Robert Duvall in the... In the uh, then the trailer driving to a place also, which always cracks me up because I'm like, to just think about the fact that like they're in a fucking moving vehicle while yeah. this whole scene is happening. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. Th there was like four or five scenes in that and I was watching them because... I'm about to go into the edit. And so I'm just sort of timing it out. Yeah. I'm, I'm watching these scenes. And my goal with this piece is, is it to feel like a scene from a movie like that, where yeah. there's yeah. a really great character actor and you come in and out of this scene and you go, man, I wish I was there. That's really mm -hmm. it. And so I watched the scene uh, with him. I know this because I just watched it. Many of you may not be specific. Go watch Days of Thunder. It is so, uh, yeah. Tony Scott directed yeah, it. Yeah. I would say it's the unofficial sequel to Top Gun. That's right. Yeah, because it was Tony Scott and uh, Tom yeah. Cruise for Top Gun. 
Same sort of formula for this. Yeah. If you told me Tom Cruise's character got grounded, no longer flying. Right. Days of Thunder is the next movie that happens. Yes. 100%. So then uh, Robert Duvall, it's his movie in my mind. More than it is Tom Cruise's movie. Robert Duvall fucking takes that movie. He is so fucking great to watch. All his mannerisms. He does this bit with his mouth and licking his lips. Mm Mm-hmm. He does this whole thing that is so fucking yeah. good. He's, he's the reason to watch this movie. And I know a lot of folks are like, Days of Thunder, and they'll sort of dismiss it as sort of like a trashy action movie. Fuck you. No, that, that movie's movie is amazing. Loaded. So good. I'm sorry. There's nothing Tony Scott's made that I haven't liked. Oh, dude. And, and just... Are you kidding? You watch it for Duvall. And yeah. you've heard me talk. You've also been a guy that's worked around cars as a kid. Mm-hmm. He embodies... Every ounce yeah. of any mechanic that I've ever worked with, mm. any like guy that has a garage at his home yeah. and fixes cars, yeah. he embodies every bit of that. His character is multidimensional. It mm-hmm. isn't just like the support. He isn't. Uh, who's the supporting character in Rocky? Uh, his oh, coach. like uh, 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 Paul, not Paulie, the other guy. Yeah, yeah, which is very one dimensional. Yeah, he is multifaceted. You're, you're trying to figure out from the beginning, like, did he lie on uh investigation that killed one of his race drivers? Yeah. Like, there's so much stuff going on with him. I love him in that movie. And there's yeah. a scene. There's two scenes. There's a scene where Tom Cruise comes back to see him after they lost their race car. Mm. And uh, Tom Cruise got into a car accident battling Michael Rooker. Right, 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 who right. Plays his, I forgot Rooker's in he's there. He's so good in it, too. So he plays his competition on the track, and they both get into car accidents. They both end up in the hospital. He ends up with a concussion, which is very specific to what mm. I went through. So yeah. there's a lot of that. And then uh, Rooker, Rooker's fucked. Like, he's mm-hmm. got basically what I had, like a, a bleeding uh, uh, brain bleed? blood vessel and all that sort of stuff. And just got brain damage. So he's not allowed Did to- you have swelling on your brain when it happened? Yes, yes. Did they have to, like, cut a piece out or no? No, they wanted not to drill severe? in. But if they drilled in, it would have killed me. So they didn't. Shit. So that was the big thing. So um, Rooker's fucked. But Rooker's like, I guess he, they didn't really say, but I guess he owns the car and owns the race team. And he's like- for my family, I need someone to drive this car so I keep the sponsors, which was kind of a sly deal because he yeah. he was just trying to get a new sponsor deal because he knew he was out of the game. Right, right. And so Tom Cruise, who was scared now because he had driven through the smoke and got into this accident, couldn't figure it out. He asked Tom Cruise, hey, can you drive my car for me at Daytona? Which is, if you look at that compared to Top Gun, it's the same same, same setup, same, same thing. Same thing. You know what I mean, and and not to, not in the sense that it takes away. Like I don't think it's uh, lazy storytelling on, on Scott's part at all. But to go back to your point of like this feels like the unofficial sequel to Top Gun. It's like yeah, yeah. it's a formula yeah, that was sense. working for them and Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah, yeah. Here's so, our hero. He's real good. What if we take that away from him? Now he's not sure. Now we have to have him pile drive through the smoke, and he's a champion. Which was the definition, and why all of us are in therapy right now. Is the definition of yeah. what men are supposed to yeah. do. Yeah. Run into the fire, be a man. Right. You know, swallow your fucking fears. Yeah. So then, um, so Rooker asks Tom Cruise. Now, Tom Cruise has now got to go back to Robert Duvall. Right, right, right. Robert Duvall, at this point, understands why Tom Cruise fucked up his last race because he was scared. So Robert Duvall Mm. sees Tom Cruise walk into this garage. Now, the garage is lit 
uh, like any sort of Scott, Tony or Ridley Scott kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's lots of fucking haze. And whenever I use haze, because I use a lot of it, whenever we use yeah. haze on set, I'm always concerned. I'm like, I should let the haze settle. Mm-hmm. So whenever you use, for those of you listening, you use haze. It's different than smoke. Haze is supposed to just be a haze that is even within the room, which allows uh, light to be picked up yeah. in the air. So it's like volumetrics. So you, you want an even layer of haze so that the audience really mm-hmm. isn't noticing it. The problem is, is you're trying to keep haze consistent. Mm-hmm. And so like, for instance, when we were doing our shoot, I was running the hazer, but this fucking place that we were shooting in has holes everywhere. So the, mm-hmm. the haze can't stay consistent whatsoever. Yeah. And so what you're trying spray to do- Spray cans were a huge help. Yeah, we had little spray haze. So what you're trying to do is run the hazer as much as you possibly can, then you have to cut the hazer right. and then roll. When you cut the hazer, the haze is uneven still. There's mm-hmm. like wafts of it, it's moving throughout the space. And so I could sit there as a perfectionist and go, Lance, you can't do shit. Meanwhile, you've prepped and you're like let's go and i'm like we gotta wait on the haze and that could take fucking three minutes Mm -hmm. so there just sort of hits a point as a director we go fuck the haze consistency let's just go right because i want the performance especially like some of our last stuff towards the second day yes you know yes where it's like it's more emotional i'm like i can keep finding this i can keep like and i appreciate there was like a point where we cut from uh the close-up to uh like more insert yeah and you're like, yeah, I'm not getting your face for this, so you don't have to go as far. I'm like, great, great, great. Yeah. And so now I know, okay, I can just teeter on the thing. I can teeter on the edge and just be here with it. I can keep my mind in a, in a similar place, but I don't need to go as far. But knowing that we keep it right here on the verge so that when he comes back, so, okay, cool, now we're getting your face again. Great, I'm ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I appreciate that because sometimes you don't get that dialogue. You don't get people yeah, explaining what's happening. Two reasons. One, I don't want you to expend it on your yeah. part because yeah. I don't like to make you get emotional. And then two, uh, I don't want to see you doing something out of the corner of my eye while I'm shooting your hands that I'm yeah. like, fuck, why did we not get that on camera? Yeah. So th- yeah. there's those two yeah. things for it. So back to the haze thing. My concern has always been the haze consistency because I use it a lot. Mm-hmm. I watched this bit. So the scene, Tom Cruise shows up to Robert Duvall's barn, comes in mm-hmm. to convince him to be his guy for this new car that he has to go race at Daytona. And Duvall's like, I know that you're scared. Mm-hmm. So that's the scene. He's like, mm-hmm. fuck you. I know you're scared and I'm not going to work for a scared race car driver because what the fuck does that do? Mm-hmm. And uh, then there's all sorts of history. By the way, side note, the guy that's helping Robert Duvall in that garage is John C. Riley. Oh, that's right. Very young version wow. of John C. Riley, which is interesting. That's a guy who doesn't get enough love. So this scene is them after they've hung out. So Tom Cruise walks into the garage, and I love it. These are these little moments I love in these movies where Duvall is like deep into spraying He's painting a fucking tractor red. Mm-hmm. So he's in there and he's done his research. So he knows how to hold yeah. the compressor cable yeah. and he's yeah. and he's spraying yeah. this thing and he's all silhouetted in like the fucking Tony Scott hazed mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. Really cool. And Tom Cruise comes in and, and Duvall's like, nope, I don't want to. Like he has this whole bit yeah. where he's like, I'm not going to do it. Bah, bah, bah. So fucking cool. Yeah. He goes, you could only be here if we don't talk about racing. We could talk about uh, any other bullshit. Let's go in the house and have some beers. We'll go do this. Yeah. I love that little moment. Yeah. It's literally probably 
50 seconds or something. That quick. little moment, real quick. quick. They go inside, they have like a montage of them drinking mm-hmm. and then all that shit. Then it's just the two of them, they go back to the garage. It's such a great scene and it's very darkly lit. And they come in there and they're looking at the car and they're really talking emotionally and they're breaking down their feelings. Yeah. And I loved it. And I'm watching this whole sequence and I go, how long is this? Three minutes, three minutes, three minutes. Great. That's how long I'm going to try to have our piece be. Yeah. Yeah. The haze was all over the place. And it was really funny to watch because it's just wafting. That's wafting behind him and it's wafting behind him. You know, there's a PA just off camera with a fucking fucking flag and it's just like (laughs) whipping around. But I loved it. And I loved the inconsistencies of it. And I understood why it was wafting everywhere because you don't want to fuck up the actor's performance. And and just because I think this is an interesting lesson for those of you listening that are so obsessed with visuals right now because we're in a visual period. We're in that age. We're in that age right now. Sometimes it's more important that you let the actor emotionally get there because if you have mm. even haze and the performance blows, then what the fuck it doesn't are you doing fucking mean anything? Because well, that's, that's your story. Yeah, that's your story right there. And if you're not telling the story, then uh, no one gives a fuck how cute the background is. Yeah, look at this sexy lighting. Yeah. I don't care what's happening, but then it don't matter. Then who gives a fuck? But that's everything that I see right now. Yeah, that's true. That's true, man. That's everything I see right now. Okay, so what what have you been watching lately? What have I been watching lately? If you tell me you've been watching the Kardashians, I'm going to unplug your mic. (laughs) No, we didn't watch the new episode last night. God damn, you're in too deep that you can even (laughs) say that. (laughs) No, what did we watch last night? We watched, uh, I love Cabin and Curiosities. Oh, okay, I haven't started that yet. Oh my fucking God, it's the coolest. No shit. There's, I've already ranted about it on the show. Mm. There's two episodes to watch. Uh, there's one called The Autopsy. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Really? And then there's one called The Visitor, which is Panos Cosmatos' new piece. The guy who did Mandy. Is it? I wonder if it's based off the old movie, The Visitor. The little girl. No, it's different. Ah, okay. It's so good. Because that's an old movie that I would love to see revisited by Panos. I would be that, that, like, like yeah. hearing his name with that title is... That movie yeah. has such good music too. Yeah. It's it's not a great movie. There's like visually some really beautiful shit. Yeah. But the story is just like, what the fuck is happening yeah. here? <laughs> but the music is so goddamn good. They got this track called Sadness Theme. Yeah. It's so good. I'm gonna play it for you at some point. It's it's incredible. So um Cabinet of Curiosity really like. Um what else have we been watching? Atlanta just finished today. Season finale. I want series see finale. It again. Like I was so into Atlanta season one, and then we fell off the wagon because there was a bunch of other stuff, and I haven't picked it up again. So I have a bunch of. Oh, seasons. so you haven't watched since season one? No. Oh, you are in for a treat. Yeah. Three seasons. That's it. Last episode was today. Yeah, I'm excited. It's, it is. I would say my favorite, absolute favorite bit of television. Especially something that's because uh, like other things that I like are sort of like a pre-existing IP or like attached mm-hmm. to something like something that is just completely off the cuff, has nothing to do with anything. It's not going to continue. It's done. That's it. Four seasons, thirty minutes each. Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. I'm interested. Fantastic. Like, I loved what I saw, and yeah. I just we just fell off the wagon, and it just gets oh, weirder and better. Yeah, like I kind of like a show where you're like each episode you're like, oh, how the fuck did we get here? Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. What is the situation? And they start to feel like anthologies of these characters' stories as opposed to a a very connected linear storyline. It's like 
this happens and maybe a few months pass and then this episode is happening and then maybe a week passes now this and that's two months and then this it just jumps in this way that i find very entertaining and interesting mm. because it's, it just feels like short films after a while i'm into it i'm into it i'm totally into shit. It. big fan yeah there's a lot of other stuff out there that i'm like not really a big fan of no that uh, atlanta and andor i think are the things right now that really have me that all fucking right. andor all right it's so good all right I've, 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 don't fight it, Mike. Don't resist it. No, I've, I've, and I uh, like his voice too. Don't get the gun. Like he's got this weird growl. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it cracks me up every time. Yeah, look, <sighs> the past couple. Let me just say this about any of those shows. Come on, whether it's Andor, whether it's any shows that are the long running series. Yeah, I find myself watching mm-hmm. them finding a nugget of hope within each episode Mm -hmm. there may be five minutes there may be a 10 minute sequence there may be half the episode but majority of them whether it's andor all the way down to the walking dead okay it's a full fucking range of them yeah i find myself at the end of that show going i just want to see the next episode because maybe in the Mm -hmm. next episode they're going to give me everything i fucking want Ah, then they start the next episode up again and they don't give me everything i want they slow fucking crawl into everything yeah so it's just like here's this sequence again here's this fucking location again here's this bullshit again and now i'm like oh you gave me something really interesting right here at like moment 15 yeah and then you pull it away again and you go back to some b-side story of some fucking characters i don't give two fucks about where it's like why don't you just stay with what i want right now yeah. which is this why are you teasing oh because you're drawing this shit out well here's what i like about andor as opposed in comparison to the whole star wars universe right is everything is always skywalker this guess, and that totally. and it's it's fucking exhausting like no one gives a shit you know what i mean like at a certain point enough and this thing i think takes the stuff that's cool about this which is the universe the mythos yep and goes okay let's tell the story over here yep and i think that shit really works that's that's what makes me fuck with this go okay we're not doing the typical thing there's no darth vader there's no chosen one there's no sure there's no the force there's n- if, if this fucking kid has a, jet, a lightsaber by the end of this season is 24 episodes at 24 episodes if you have him on the last episode i'd be like yeah no i fuck with that that's great yeah yeah you let me you go work your way towards it but totally by agree. not being in any of that other shit i'm like thank you god at least we're, at least we're not in that shit at least we're not in there anymore yeah but what you just did which is thank you god at least we're not you're fucking starving for content you're starving for something good i'm starving to not have to listen to fucking luke skywalker no more yeah i, I don't want to look at princess leia han solo none of that shit dude i totally get it and the episode that i think was their best episode mm. was the heist that they do. The, oh, when they actually when they pull it off on Adani, right? Yes. When they do the heist. That's a good one. That's a good one. And I'm like, That's I'm in one. the whole time. That whole fucking episode. Yeah. From beginning to end, I was in. Yeah. And there wasn't any fucking dead space. There wasn't any fucking side. You bullshit. just like fast paced action, Mike. That's it's, what it no, is. It's not. That's what it is. You like a fast moving story. All right. No, 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 no. Let me be specific. <laughs> I like it when you go off on tangents with characters. Yeah. But if you're going to go back and yeah. retell the same fucking thing, mm-hmm. how many times do we have to watch what's his name sit down and have dinner with his fucking mom? Oh, in the show? Mm-hmm. And every time those scenes show up, I'm like, why? 
I get it. I know everything that this character is yeah. doing. I know every fucking motivation that this character is having. Mm -hmm. So what are we what are we getting from this? Oh yeah. no no no! It's a further nail on the head. Just in case you slow folks at home don't yeah. get what his fucking motivation is. We're gonna sit back down and do this again. But second time around, he's got the money and he needs to change his life. I understand that sit down. Sure, but. I understand that one. Can you not? Do, you know what? It's dumb because it's like you're just drawing attention. You're bringing the heat. But I understand that oh, this guy's going to because he got a soft spot and he's got the money. He's like, let's get out of here. Why couldn't that be the first one? Why couldn't we do yeah. that in an hour and a half? Yeah, the first, the, the very first interaction they have is the setup. But I don't know if it's necessary. It's not necessary. Because the flashback gives me everything I need to know. Yeah, it's not necessary. Yeah. And let's talk about the flashbacks in the first three episodes or two episodes or whatever the fuck it was, where like we learn where this kid comes from mm -hmm. and we see like yeah. a crash ship that happened and we You didn't like that? That was great. How many times do we have to see little kids walking through the fucking jungle? How until many they times? find until one of them becomes an adult. And then they find the fucking bodies. How many times do we have to see a flashback of them flipping a body over? Every time, Mike. Give me a every time. Break. And then they fucking them kids to death and dude at the end of it all at the end of it all yeah he's in the ship and you're expecting okay, here's some the thing. big revelation what did he think was gonna happen hitting the hitting inside the ship with a stick like this is a massive ship right dude. he had to climb on some other shit to get inside of it and then go through a fucking septic tank to get to the fucking main things and starts hitting buttons with sticks i was like i don't know if that's gonna break this whole thing yeah but also like he doesn't know what buttons do is this the first time yeah. you ever saw a fucking reflective surface and he's looking Probably. at himself other than water i'd say yeah i would say maybe but the looking what the tools that they had and shit look there was a here's huge the deal from that kid i'm never going in that ship to begin with i don't give a fuck if the guys inside killed my mom sister dad whoever the fuck the story needs it to be I'm not going inside a big-ass metal Rubik's Cube made out of shiny plates. I'm not doing it. I've never seen this before. Hell no. We're talking about logistics here. At no, the end of the day, I, I didn't need to see that mm. as a constant thread mm. flashback thread. I didn't need to see it as a flashback thread. Mm. I didn't need to. I didn't need to. Because what that was was an engine for them mm. to stretch out the content for that fucking episode. Yeah. That was it. That was it. They were just stretching out whatever that yeah. content was to make the fucking 45 minute mark for mm -hmm. that show by cutting back to the kids over and over and over and over yeah. again. It's not about me needing content to be fast in mm -hmm. an action movie. Fincher said it best. Anytime you put your camera on something, it means something. Right. right Anytime right, right. you shoot something, it means something. That's why his inserts are amazing absolutely anytime you put the camera on something anytime absolutely. you show the audience anything it should mean something it right. should mean something triple fold what this just seems like to me is mm. pornographic masturbatory hey uh, we know that you're going to stand in line for the star wars ride at fucking disney mm -hmm. what if we just 45 minutes of you being in this fucking world yeah yeah and I can go through entire episodes, which I won't do because it'll ruin it for you, but I can go through entire episodes <laughs> and go, what did we learn here? Yeah. This entire sequence, what did we learn that we well, didn't I'd know? Like to, I'd like to watch an episode with you, man, because I, 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 I'm a huge fan of it. So I'd be curious to see, like, sit down with you and watch an episode and, and discuss, like, like, what is not checking the box for you versus, I feel like, what are the boxes are checked for me and opposite, you know? Let me just come out and say, I love What's-His-Name, who directed the, uh, who did the whole series. Forget his name right now. Love him. Mm -hmm. I love. I think the best 
Star Wars movie in the entire run is Rogue, Rogue one. one. Absolutely. By far. Rogue One. Hands down. If this was a movie, if this was two movies. Yeah. I may even say if this was three movies. It's Tony Gilroy, man. It's Tony Gilroy. I think Gilroy. it would be better like, as movies and not as yeah, this fucking drawn yeah. out subscribe to Disney Channel bullshit. Well, here's what I think is really what's happening with it, right? So Gilroy gave us the Bourne franchise. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Gilroy gets brought in to do to to rewrite Rogue One. Uh, massive success to the point that even folks like us are like, I think this is the best thing in Star Wars whole catalog. 100%. Right? And so then you go, well, let's do a spinoff of that Andor character because he's interesting and we, we left some loose ends that we could we could play with. Well, let's go get the guy who wrote that or who did the rewrites in that movie. And then he writes this whole thing. And it's just, it's essentially Jason Bourne in, in Star Wars. Yeah. You got the guy on the run and all stuff. And so I go, well, yeah, of course this fucking works. You, you're, int- you're introducing a new flavor to this universe. Yeah. But then you have the relationship between, like, I don't know what that looks like between Gilroy and Disney and how they tell that story. Well, there's a cynical side but of me. His flavor, I love. There's a cynical side of me that goes like this. <laughs> Here's what the cynical side of me goes. Come on. There is a giant corporation that is looking at the success that Netflix mm-hmm. is having. Mm-hmm. Right? All of these major companies are looking at the success yeah. that Netflix is having. But, and it ultimately, it's because they really didn't give them the time of day initially. They mm. didn't think about it. Yeah. And they're like, these guys are making ass loads of money off of our pro- intellectual properties. They have made so much money that they're now pivoting into production and they're making pieces. And then Netflix was like, hey, guess what? We're providing for cheeseburger eating, McDonald's eating motherfuckers. So we're going to binge everything. So we're going to do entire series runs mm-hmm. and you're going to be able to see the entire series run on day one. We're going to binge the shit. We're going to put this stuff I like stuff the weekly release, man. It's, I like yeah, that. I agree. So then- all these major studios went, well, fuck that. Because these people are making all this money. Right. We can do that too. We're going to do our own streaming services. We're going to do our own streaming shit. Yeah. But their catalog only goes so fucking far. And they have to compete with Netflix's level of quality that they're producing. Right. And they also have to compete with the fact that people have already binged and watched all their shit streaming on Netflix for the past couple hundred yeah. years. So they can't fucking just rely on their catalog to launch a streaming service. Mm-hmm. So now you have these giant publicly traded boardroom run fucking companies that are like, we need to do streaming service shit. This happened with HBO and, uh, and Warner Bros. Well, I think Disney was d- probably the best setup for, for that shit because of what their catalog was. Because they like, have their catalog of shit. Yeah, but everybody else I could see having a little more, uh, I don't know. Let's no. stick, stick with me. Oh, cool. So then you look at people like HBO that are like, well, we don't have the draw. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take all these pre-contracted theatrical releases yeah. and now dump them on our fucking network. Mm. Right? And so Disney's like, well, we have an entire fucking catalog of intellectual properties that we have purchased all the way from like Alien to fucking George Lucas to Star Wars to Die Hard to all this shit. So we have these things. Yeah. We could do movies, mm. but we have this streaming service that we're trying to get off the fucking ground. Mm. That's where the money is. So extend all these great ideas to being long-running fucking format shows specifically for the money, specifically to help the streaming service up and running. But doesn't it feel like to like spin off comics to you at all? No. 
Dude, it just feels like because at a certain point it starts to feel like oh, we're getting spinoff books. We're like where books at some points would trail off into a thing that you didn't really give a fuck about as much. But it was like I'm going to read this and get some of it. So when it comes back in, I'm like, okay, cool, I get that. What's a better show, Andor or Chernobyl? Oh, that's not even that, that's that's apple. That's I mean, yeah, you can compare fruit, but that's apples and oranges. Why Chernobyl, is it apples? Why is it apples and oranges? Well, Chernobyl is steeped in so much reality. Yeah. And it has such a massively terrifying thing behind it that it's easy to understand the rules of that world. All right, let me let me let me try to find a, a now. If, if you would have asked me which do I which do what do I feel? I don't even know if I yeah because yeah. Chernobyl Chernobyl hits me in the feels where it's like what's terrifying and I have so much empathy for these characters, but at the same time I also have a lot of fucking fun watching Andor. So like, how many wasted scenes were in Chernobyl? I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't be looking for that. I just. I just watch to enjoy. None, because Chernobyl was a short run show. Yeah, Chernobyl was like, what is it like, four episodes, five episodes, maybe. Yeah, it's don't not very quote long. me on that. Very, it's not very, very long. short, very contained, built to be contained. Yeah, the BBC always did that correctly. Oh yeah, because look at Luther. Same thing. Very short. Built to be contained. Yeah, it's when the story's done. The story's done. And there's a certain extent where the BBC would celebrate the creators of these fucking shows. So the way to promote these shows afterward would be like, hey, the creator of Breaking Bad is doing the show. And everybody would tune in mm -hmm. because the people that made Breaking Bad were doing a new fucking show mm -hmm. because they understood there was a level of quality behind it. Yeah. So when you have these giant intellectual properties that don't have anybody's stamp to it, mm -hmm. sir, Gilroy is stamped to it, but average Joe fucking citizen doesn't know fuck all about Gilroy. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, well, we have this Star Wars shit, so let's make a bunch of Star Wars stuff, and let's draw it the fuck out. Mm. We're not going to binge it. We're not going to put it all out there, because if we put it all out there, people aren't going to stay subscribed to the network. Yeah. So we're going to release it week, 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 and draw it the fuck out. Okay, cool. We have a script that maybe is an hour and a half's worth of stuff. Make it longer. I'm into that mm -hmm. if you're going to support that with the budget to support that. But then yeah. they're also like, hey, we want seven feature films for the cost of one or two. And so now what you're getting in scenes on screen are like, hey, um, what locations do we have on lockdown? Well, we built the interior of her apartment and we built the interior of this place. So make sure we get about six or seven scenes in those spots. Yeah. Yeah. And so you just start to, but I don't blame them. I don't blame them, man. It just kills it for me. It just I don't blame it them because you know I could see the same thing, right? Like, if, if, like with this thing we just shot, right? And if, if they, if somebody said, Mike, you got to tell this story, yep. and you got three scenes to get done, yep. uh, and here's your budget, and you look at your budget, and go, I can't fucking do anything with this, yeah. But I can make this space, this one space over here, look incredible. And if you had to tell all three of those scenes in that space, I go, well, then goddamn it, we could better get really clever with this story. Sure, but then let's pretend like, because we only did a three-minute scene there. Yeah. Let's pretend like I came back to you and I was like, dude, we got 12 episodes. We got to do 12 scenes in here. <laughs> and then I will tell you the same thing. So we're pretty good, goddamn clever with this story. Yeah, but then you're shooting the same space yeah. over and over again. For sure, you're going to run out. You're going to run out. And you're just like, this you're gonna is run interesting. Out. You're going to run out. I don't, maybe, I'm being, you know? maybe I'm being an ego, uh, like a bitch about this. But when I watch shit, mm -hmm. I want to get lost in it. I want to discover yeah. new things. Yeah. There was a moment in Andor. And by the way, there are four episodes of that show that I think are great. Mm -hmm. But there was a moment in Andor, first, second episode, spoilers, 
where two characters have sex they wake up the next morning oh yeah bix and um the, yeah. I forget the other guys they name. wake yeah. up the next morning and and someone uh, one of the characters is like you want some coffee i'm gonna go steep some coffee yeah because in the steep coffee i'm like do they drink fucking coffee in fucking star wars worlds why aren't they like yeah. do you want some fucking glowworm bug shit that i'm gonna fucking steep in some fucking some but, I, but i dig that because like at the end of the day where the, the the characters are still humanoid so i kind of like the fact that from time to time there will be things that like this is supposed to be this galaxy far far away a long long time ago that like maybe there would be something that we could personally relate to as simple as coffee that for them would be like oh you got coffee oh nice i just saw that as lazy because later <laughs> on later on in the show they spend how many movies drinking blue milk piss yeah and then somebody finally goes yes i have coffee oh shit yeah but dude later on in the show they do that bit with the little uh, the little worms in the bar and they oh do- yeah yeah they have the the wine flutes with the worm oh it's just so gross Ugh. but that's it that's star wars yeah the roll out of bed awkward i'm having sex with someone let me get some coffee that fucking scene could have been in like glee for sure but let's but see, but see there's a, what a fantastic that. point though because then it makes the world even more attachable and, and, and relatable because you're gonna give me all like the okay so take me to the house where the senator uh, has the uh fundraiser with all the rich wealthy people first off none of us can fucking relate to that as it is anyway sure so they could be fucking in the hollywood hills right now drinking that exact same shit on that show and neither of us would have a fucking clue but it's star wars so we go oh this is some fantastic shit so then you give me the regular characters who are drinking coffee. Well, I can relate to that because I know what the fuck that feels like. And you want me to like this character? So you show me them. They just had sex. That's the next morning. It's a little awkward. You're trying to smooth it out. Uh, you want some coffee? I mean, I guess. Well, I can get it from that angle. Let me, let me. <laughs> it's so funny that we're on this tangent for as long as we are. <laughs> this is how Lance and I Just talk. ask Mike about Andor next time you see him. <laughs> L- let me reference another Star Wars series. Right, come on. Which is the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I haven't watched any of that, actually. Okay, so then you may not get that. There's a moment where he's doing very blue-collar shit. Yeah. In the first episode, I think. And he's cutting through, like, this big fish. Mm. And it's weird. It's all weird. He's doing all this weird shit. But I know exactly what he's doing. I connect with him. I understand what it's like to be a guy that is doing something mundane, very Mm blue-collar. I get it. It doesn't have to be a fucking cup of coffee. Like they're hit a point yeah. where I'm like, is there is there going to be a Folgers fucking uh, tin on yeah. the counter when they do it? So you want it to be something other than coffee? It's fucking Star Wars. It's a, we got a cup of Tatooine dust. It's you to be like, yes, fucking Star Wars. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just lazy. It's lazy. Maybe coffee is just an amazing object that exists through all space and time. It's like spice and Dune, dude. It's just coffee. At the end of the day, and when I I'm say, just gonna start fucking around with it. When I when I say okay, when I say it's lazy, I don't mean that the filmmakers are lazy. Yeah, I don't mean that the writers lazy. Yeah, I mean that the format Coffee itself, is lazy. the television format, which is stretching all this stuff out, yeah, is making you forcing you to have to cut corners in different places, and so mm. you're being forced to have to do shit like that instead of when you do a feature. When every fucking dollar of those millions of dollars get put into every scene, mm. so everything that you do there has been distilled and put down to be the most perfect. Well, I think the pay thing. doesn't make sense at a certain point, right? Like I always hear about actors get paid and go, "Why you get paid twenty five million for this? Twenty five yeah. million? Yeah. Twenty five million? That money couldn't go like 
Dude, that's give me, that's agents. If there's 25 million, give me 12. Yeah. That's give agents. me 10. Give me 10 million. What? I would lose my give me a million. Put the other 24 into something to make this fucking movie better. I don't care. I don't need that much. What the fuck do you do with 25 million? Hold on. You do so, weird shit. Well, hold on. Lance and I am your representation. And I just heard that you told the producers today that you don't want 25 and that you want 12. I get 10% of that motherfucker. Well, you getting goddamn 12%, 10% of 12 million. And if that's not enough. Yeah, well, God damn it. At that point, I think if I'm at that point, whatever that agent is, his other clients is getting 25 million as well, or 10 or 15 or whatever the fuck. And you're going to be fine. Yeah. You're going to be a okay. Read. It's outrageous, man. It's too much. Let's take a break. This has been yeah, interesting. I got to take a piss too. We'll come right back after break. Back from our pee break. This is uh, Magic Sword playing in the background. It's so cool. It's cool, right? It's very epic. These yeah. guys are so yeah. good. Um, so we want to come back from the break. I'm going to do some ad reads and stuff. Um, and uh, we'll pivot from our long... <laughs> it's so funny how... How lost we got into that conversation. I finally got Mike to admit off air that he likes Sandor. <laughs> As I never get hired by Disney. Um, all right. So I want to take a minute and do some ad reads. Uh, get to throw uh, some love to the men and women that make this show possible. And, uh, you know, don't skip past them because we uh, end up going off on tangents. It was funny. I was talking to our new sponsors, Boca. Boca Rentals, and I was talking to the owner of Boca, and he's like, how do you do your ad reads? And I was like, well, technically, I'm supposed to do 60 seconds uh, ad read for each person, but I go off the fucking rails every time. So you might learn something new if you stick around while we do them. So first up, let's talk about Boca, man. Uh, Boca Rentals out here in Los Angeles, I found these guys through Instagram. They have one of the coolest uh, Instagram pages for a rental house. So cool, in fact, that some of the bigger places have uh, gone on to uh, replicate what they do. If you head on over to, uh, let me double check here. I think it's standby. I want to make sure I give you the right Instagram page. Oh, come on. Hold on, guys. There we go. There we go. Oh, I can't scroll down because it keeps reloading. Hold on a second. Total shitty fucking host. <laughs> uh, we've also had two beers, two strong beers. Uh, hold on a second. Oh, Jesus Christ. My bad. What a terrible read. I just want to make sure that I get Boca's Instagram. I think it's just Boca Rentals on Instagram, but I want to make sure I get it Boca right. Dot Rentals. Is it Boca Dot Rentals? Mm-hmm. Fucking, my guest knows. LA's premium equipment rental house. There it is. So yeah, if you go to Boca.Rentals on Instagram, or if you go to BocaRentals.com, this is the place to go if you're looking for some of those sexy lenses. Some really great anamorphic, some really great vintage lenses. 
um this is the rental house that has all that stuff oh they have a sweet instagram they show you like uh, uh examples of frames with certain lenses yeah dude so oh, like, that's if dope if you're trying to pick out a set of lenses uh it's always difficult because you're like what was shot with it what do they look like oh and they use actual frames from movies too to show you that's great because i mean listen i mean look like you you could you could you got guys and gals who know their lenses really well know what you're gonna get but if, if you're not a hundred percent sure on it and you look at this you say oh i love that frame from that movie oh that's that lens yeah okay well i know i want to rent that lens now because i want to try to get something like that yeah that's cool it's a great place if you go to boca dot rentals on instagram and then like i said if you go to their website boca rentals.com um you could see their inventory and we got all of our gear sans the atlas lenses which we got directly from atlas we got everything else through uh, boca and these guys are so um supportive uh, they're willing to help out their their uh, their shooters, their regular clients, and they really give a shit about the filmmakers. It's one of the reasons why they are a sponsor of this show. Um, so without them, I wouldn't have been able to shoot this short this weekend. And as we're talking, I'm scrolling through their inventory. Ooh, they have the Lomo square front anamorphic lenses. If you guys are trying to replicate the look that I had for 12KM, the stuff that Cruda did, we shot that with Lomos. And these are great. These are really great. What do they have on here right now? Lomo Square 35, Lomo Square 80, Lomo Square 50. I love those lenses. I love those fucking lenses. They're super nice. Um, but they have everything on there right now. It's really great. All the sexy new stuff. I'm excited about these Richard Gale optics, these Calvis primes. Have you guys heard about these? Uh, I think Joker was shot on these. Um, and these are super cool too. So all the hottest stuff is there on BocaRentals.com. They are a great place to rent your stuff if you're out here in Los Angeles. Uh, like I said, definitely check them out on Instagram as well at Boca.Rentals on Instagram. Big shout out to those guys. Thank you guys for helping me make the short film. Uh, and as I mentioned briefly, I was able to get lenses from Atlas. I was able to get um, a series of anamorphics from them, which I absolutely love. Everybody's excited right now. Hold on as I... I prepped as much as I could, and I didn't prep everything, you know? It's so hard. Your boy's got a lot of things going on, you know? I have to spend about <laughs> 40 minutes arguing <laughs> about Andor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're gonna turn you around mike we're gonna get you should turn over a new leaf so i use the orion series the uh, 2x anamorphic primes really love these lenses you saw the shots that we took of you with them wouldn't be the first time yeah looks like don't that? look up don't look up a shot this is not the first time yeah so i say it wouldn't be the first time how about that you were in don't look up mm -hmm. right i was at one point. <laughs> yeah. Did they cut out? They cut out a lot of your yeah, scenes, right? Yeah. I, I've convinced myself afterwards it's just a rite of passage as an actor. You got to do a movie that you're really excited about that's going to be amazing. And the movie is a huge, like a huge thing. Yeah. But they cut your scene. Fuck. Ah, because it couldn't be like, oh, that's a whack-ass movie. And they cut my scene. And you go, well, they cut my scene. Who gives a fuck? The movie's trash. It's always one where you're like, fuck, I really wanted to be in that. Mm. And it's not like they give you the footage. Like no. some people think sometimes it's like... I've been asked, like, 
so you could just go get your footage, right? And then using your reel. I'm like, no, 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 I can't go pull up the fucking Netflix and be like, listen, uh, I know there's some 35 millimeter stock in the back that's got my face all over it. I need about 30 seconds of that. No, no, it's not a thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Would you? But it's a beautiful movie, and I, I like the movie. I mean, hey, fuck it. You. So you were in like one of the opening scenes, right? So initially it was the cold open. Yep. With about 17 pages of dialogue, uh, and they. Which I, I I remember thinking on the set then I was like this seems like a lot for a cold open yeah like if long. I was writing this I wouldn't write a cold open this fucking long seventeen minutes is that's yeah long. that's that's ridiculous so I, so at a certain point I go they're gonna cut from this okay so they're probably gonna go with the most important stuff which does isn't necessarily us uh, but maybe we'll see and uh, at the end of the day nope cut it cut us out. Yeah, cut all four of us out. Actually, my one friend, um, she got she got a look where, where like, I think they cut to her and she got to get her line uh, like a line or two off, which is great. You know, Jesus Shemale. Christ, the amount Shemale, of work. She's a great actress. The amount of stress, the amount of work. It sucks being an actor. You know, hey, but you know, you, you take what you can, man. You know, you go and because at the end of the day, like right, like I still have that credit. Yeah, it's true. You know. So anyway, we brought this up because it's on Atlas's website. So we were looking at the lenses, and they actually have the trailer for Don't Look Up, which was shot with the same lenses. Um, I loved them. They're great, amazing close focus, um, and they really saved our ass in the tight space that we were shooting in. Yeah, massively. Made the stuff look really beautiful. Space looked huge, in fact. Yeah. So these are ah. their pre-existing lenses right now. These aren't the new ones because everybody's getting all excited about the Mercury series which is the new set of lenses that are coming out in the market. Um, and they are, the, let me just read their Mercury Series thing. You guys already know about them, but I'll read it anyways. Introducing a new Atlas Mercury Series 1.5X full-frame anamorphic lenses. Mercury Series is our brand new family of anamorphic lenses designed to further connect cinematographers, directors, and filmmakers everywhere to the images that they create. Uh, this is a lens made for making movies. Uh, with an undeniably cinematic quality, the second you attach it to a camera, whether professional camera or mirrorless via a PL adapter. That's what's really great about these new ones. Everybody's excited about it. I talked to Crude. I think he ordered one a set of these as well. Um, they're cool. I actually still like the Orion, though. You know, I'm going to be that guy. I like the other ones. Uh, all right. Also supporting the show are our friends over at Jambox. 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 Jambox.io. If you're looking for royalty-free music, or licensed music, rather, um, if you uh, have a client that showed up and said, hey, yeah, what are we going to put for music under there? And you're like, how much money do you got? Do we have enough money to hire a composer? No, you got like a couple mm. hundred bucks. Go to Jambox. And what I like about Jambox.io I rant and rave about them on the show consistently, is that their selection of, of tracks sound like stuff that I would listen to on Spotify. Most of the time, whenever I listen to uh, licensed music, it sounds shitty. It sounds like the B-sides of a really great artist, and he's like, well, I'm not going to put this on my album. I still want to make some cash on yeah. it. I'll throw it away. Um, Jambox has saved my ass on multiple edits this year. We just pulled tracks from Jambox yesterday for a new thing that is coming out in a few weeks, and it's great. The music that we pulled from this website actually adds to the humor element of this new piece that's coming out, and it makes, I think it's probably the best part of the piece because of the song. 
So if you want to change your work, if you want to elevate your work, if you want your work to feel bigger and better, go to jambox.io right now. And I'm not saying subscribe or anything yet. Just go and listen to the music. As a creator, listen to the music that's available to you at an affordable price, music that you could afford. Maybe you write a, a movie around a track. Maybe you understand what you're doing. Maybe now you can elevate your podcast to being something that someone wants to listen to because you've got good music on it. They've got a great subscription plans at jambox.io. Uh, $19.99 a month is for the unlimited commercial plan. That's the one that you can use this tra these tracks for client work, digital ads, wedding, corporate, all that kind of bullshit. I have it. It's $19.99 a month with a seven-day free trial. This gives you access to everything plus sound effects and stems of songs. So you can pull songs apart and rebuild them the way you want to build them. Um, but if you're just a creator, I don't want to say just a creator. If you're someone that is doing vlogs, if you're someone that is doing podcasts, go for the unlimited creator plan. It's only $9.99 a month with a 30-day free fucking trial. I don't know how else to say, like, utilize the shit. There's multiple ways to do this for free, by the way. $19.99 a month, 30-day free trial, and this gives you access to all music, unlimited downloads, stuff that you can use for social media, web streaming, personal student project, film festivals, etc. $9.99 a month. And if you're a student, you get an even better deal, man. You know, they have some sympathy for you because you've probably got some banging student loan that you're never going to be able to pay back on your around your fucking throat. So sign up for their unlimited student plan, which gives you access to everything that the unlimited commercial had, which is the stems, the music, the sound effects, as long as you're using it for student projects, film festivals, web streaming, social channels, etc., for six bucks a month. Jambox.io makes the shit look better. Isn't that funny how I say that? Sounds make your shit look better. It's key, man. Uh, also supporting the shows are our friends over at Puget Systems. I have been rocking my new Puget System. I'm on it right now. I've been rocking my new Puget System all week, uh, cramming out these 4K Plus projects with 25 different layers of video with uh, cropping and masking and blending, all running back real-time full res on this system. It is the shit. I love it. I actually just put in a new SSD at this point. So now I have, let's see, I've got four gigs, four gigs, eight gigs, nine gigs. I've got 10 gigs of SSD storage in this thing, which is awesome. I love my system. I love my Puget system. If you want to check out my specs for the new machine, uh, head over to my Instagram account at Mike Petchy. I have done a post I've listed all the specs. If you're looking for a screaming edit system, a screaming color system, I'm in talks right now with Blackmagic about setting up the Resolve stuff on here. Um, go to PugetSystems.com. Go to at Puget Systems on Instagram and say, hey, I want the same system Mike has. Can, I, can we talk about specs? I want to uh, do everything Mike does. I want to be as cool as Mike is. Let him know at Puget Systems. Tried to get Lance's attention on that, but he was on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, also supporting the show, our friends over at Indie Pro Tools, the place to go if you're looking for power solutions for your camera. A lot of these new cameras on the market right now, 
for some reason don't come with battery chargers. I don't understand. I don't know if it's a tax thing. I don't know what they're doing. But you get these cameras that you have to plug the camera in to charge the battery. And it's like, how is that useful when I'm on set? Doesn't make any sense. Wait, that's real? That's fucking real, dude. That's dumb. Why would they do that? It's so dumb. So I have one of those cameras. After saying they're dumb, I'm not going to say what camera company it is. But uh, I have one of those rigs. And uh, I wanted to be able to power that camera with external batteries, with batteries that could be charged quickly. I wanted gold mount batteries. Um, and I also want those batteries to power all my accessories, the onboard monitor, the fall of focus, everything else. So I looked for a company that had awesome power solutions, and I found IndieProTools.com. Head on over to IndieProTools right now. We will list the promo code in the description of this episode because I don't have it in front of me. Uh, but there's a pretty sweet discount if you use our promo code um, and pick yourself up some power solutions for your camera. It'll change everything for you. It makes your life a lot easier when you're not having to swap every battery every three seconds on a rig. Um, and uh, stand by as we go into December, we will be doing another giveaway with these guys. We're going to give away power solutions to a new listener on the show come December. So that is IndieProTools.com. Check them out. All right. Do it today. You should also give them a leftover bag of candy corn from Halloween. <laughs> just, just salt in the wound. <laughs> <laughs> Also supporting our show is the friends over at Fujifilm. Now, there are many of you out there that are listening in that have been doing all of your homework to win a free camera. You guys want to win the new X-H2S. I have it. It's in this box right here. I've got Which this, box is it? The big one, buddy. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep running with this Sly Cooper thing. <laughs> uh, I will fight Lance off so that you guys can still win it. Um, but uh, we're giving away a camera. We're giving away a zoom lens to a lucky listener of the show. If you haven't entered the contest yet, you could do so by going to my Instagram page at Mike Petchy. I pinned the post that has the instructions. But essentially, all you have to do is go up there uh, say I want to win this camera, leave a comment under the post, uh, tell me why you want this camera, tell me what you're going to use it for, um, and that will enter you into the contest. You will be entered. Um, if you want extra credit, I have been posting things on how you can earn extra credit, uh, and I have noticed there's a group of you that have been doing all this extra credit. I would say there's a, there's a few hundred of you that have been doing it. Slim Piggins. And I have seen them. So you guys are at the upper echelon. So if you are a new listener to the show today, and you're like, I want to get up there, go back, look at all my posts, listen to the past few episodes, get all the homework, figure out all that extra credit, do it. Make sure you tag me in all those posts that you're doing. You could put yourself in the running. All these folks. You should end it with a scavenger hunt where people have to come find you in Los Angeles. That's funny. And you'll just be sitting at the bar with the box. <laughs> Is that it? It could be. I think I was thinking about this the other day. I think what I'm going to do is take all the people that have done the extra credit, and I'm going to take all the folks that entered in the contest, and uh, I'm going to pull from the people. I, I think I'm going to write them all down, pull from the people that entered a contest first, and then take that winner and put it in the bowl of all the people that did the extra credit. Then mm. run through the extra credit and pull the person for the extra credit. I think that's uh, how I'm going to do it. 
And um, cool, cool. Yeah, and hopefully I pull someone from California. Are you because you got to pay for shipping? Well, more importantly, I can actually hand deliver it to them, and they could buy me a beer. That's what I was. That's yeah. I mean, that's pretty. What I'm saying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> maybe you could come with me. Maybe Lance will come with me. I'm gonna go. pull up and be like, "You sure you want this?" <laughs> uh, you really so, don't want this. Uh, make sure you went to the contest. And uh, I love my Fujifilm camera. Uh, I've been using it. I shot a couple pieces with it. I love it. Gina's been using the uh, GFX camera, the large format camera, uh, and editing all that stuff. We have a bunch of stuff coming out that we shot with this. It is the camera that I own. It is the camera that I want. And in a world where there are all these like high-priced, constantly changing cameras out there in the marketplace, you want to have something that is affordable. You want to have someone that shoots good quality stuff that you can just practice with at home. And that could also be used as a B cam, as an A cam on your short film. Fujifilm is the place to go for all of that stuff. Check the links in the description of this episode. Support Fujifilm because they support us. Um, and uh, I think that's it. I you think need one of those ad libs like Goonies. Fuji, 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 Fuji. Like it just echoes away. Yeah, <laughs> Fuji. <laughs> Um, and you've heard Lance and I talking at the beginning of this episode. We have been drinking Bear Republic. That's why we've been so gassy. I'm uh, slowly just convincing Mike that uh, Andor is his favorite show of all time. And we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not going back into that fucking. I've already ranted on that. Destroyed prospects for my career. Oh, man. For so uh, long. You know, but you know what? I appreciate w- you for that laugh. That was a really good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to get into a heated conversation about television shows with your friend over beers, go pick up some Bear Republic beers right now. Do it. Head over to bearrepublic.com. There you can order all of their small batch brews online. Uh, there are select states that allow this. And if you don't live in a state that uh, you can order beers with, they'll tell you where to buy them. Of course, this ad read is for people over the age of 21. Uh, be responsible when you're drinking your beers. And I don't mean just uh, don't get in the car and drive drunk like a moron, but also choose your beers wisely. What are you eating that day? You know, what are you pairing your beers with? Think about it. It's not about just getting trashed, guys. It's really good, really good, tasty stuff. I'm very excited to have Bear Republic as a sponsor of the show. They've been supporting us since the beginning. Head on over to Bear Republic uh, and enter the pro- the promo code. Wow. Enter the promo code PROCESS15 and get 15% off their entire online store. Not just beers, but also their merch. Um, BearRepublic.com. And order the summer ale, the the sun. It's really good. <laughs> this is such a good beer. What is the percentage? I, I don't like IPAs historically across the board. I can't stand them, but this is good. What is the percentage on this stuff? There's been only one other time that I've actually enjoyed an IPA. I can't remember what that one was, but now I know this one. This one's good, man. I can't read this right now. Since '95, what is the percentage on these? Can you read it? I mean, if I find it. Hold on, I think it's on the bottom here. Brewed Bear Republic, blah, 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 independent brewers. I've only had a bowl of cereal today, so I'm feeling uh, 7.3. Oh, four, four point, what the, that one's 7.3? Oh, this one's 4.8. So they're, I'm drinking their NorCal. Oh, the NorCal is strong. So the Sun is 4.8. 
The NorCal. This is separate oh, three. The Nor- There's a reason NorCal's. why I had trouble getting to that fucking oh. read. The NorCal's the dirty girl. It's <laughs> the reason why I got in trouble. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're back. Um, all right. Hold on. Let's let talk. Me, let's. Uh, let, me, let me. Let me. Let me officially get this bag. Stand by. It's the beer that's making this show so chaotic. By the way. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Let me do this again. We just got. Okay, we're back. <laughs> I'll do that again. It was so anticlimactic. Hold on. All right, we're back. And we're back, everybody. Hey. <laughs> I feel like you got to come in hot off of that. You had, what was that, like 36 different Judge Judy's? <laughs> what, what was the sound just now you played? That's no, just, no, no, no. Before that. It's Miami Vice. <laughs> Uh, uh, all right. Well, okay. So I had a question for you. This yeah. is why I want to come on the show. Oh, oh okay. okay. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you about your question. I try to. I try to always have a question. The last question I had was from a friend. Um, this one what came was, from a conversation. What with was that the friend. last question that we did? I can't remember. That was what was the biggest lie? Oh, that's the right. The big lie you tell yourself. That's right. Okay. Ah, shout out Ashley Romo, the friend from acting class, fantastic actress, and she always has. She'll just like text me randomly. Middle of the middle of the day, middle of the night. Here's this question. I look at what the fuck is this? And the question is always something interesting, prolific, or simple. But I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Um, and she had sent me one. I have to go back and look at it now. But the, but it made me think about something because I, I realized I had never asked her a question. I'd never I never found one in myself that I wanted to know about other people until this one. And I wondered one day I was looking at. Um, I was looking at this movie, and and I think in the movie there was like a character going through a struggle, and I was like, wow, what the fuck is it all for? Like, what is that? What is that character getting after? What's the point? And I started thinking about myself sitting here watching it. Like, what's the point of me watching this movie? And I thought about my own career, what I'm doing. I said, oh, what's the point of this thing? And I, I landed on, well, what are you fighting for? Right? Like, what are you fighting for? You 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 want to direct? You want to write? You want to act, you want to model, you want to sing, you want to dance. Sure. Because mm-hmm. we're not the only ones doing any of those things. But what are you fighting for? It, it made me think about um, a few years back, probably like five years back, we had a screening in Texas for a short film we did uh, with Chase Parker, the director, and it was called Enron. And we were about to go shoot, uh, oh no, sorry, it was American Fish Trap. We were I think we were gearing up to go do sh- shoot something else. Mm-hmm. And a kid in the audience said, um, what advice do you have for actors? And my question, my, my response was like, we don't just know why you do it. And so now that has evolved into like, what are you fighting for? Like when you get up and you start putting the time in, mm-hmm. what's it for? What's it worth? When you show up on you prep for set, what's it worth? When you're on set, what's it worth? Because it's time, mm-hmm. right? Like it's time invested in getting good at the thing. It's time invested in uh, in doing the job itself. It's time taken away from other things in life. Mm-hmm. So, like, what are you fighting for? What are you pushing for? What is the thing that motivates you? What keeps you going? Because we could say, like, oh, I want to be successful. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. Like, but I mean, like, at the core of it, deep down inside of you, if you could trace it back, what are you fighting for? What is the core that keeps you going? At the core element, the core piece of it, Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I think it's the it's the rush that comes with discovery. Mm. I think that's what it is. I think it's the rush that comes with discovery for me. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't do this. I don't do this to be famous. Right. Who gives a fuck? I'm yeah. already famous. In yeah. my mind, I'm already famous. I'm famous with my friends. I'm famous with my family. Mm -hmm. These people know who yeah. I am. They know my shit. And yeah. if you're listening to the show, great. You're just slowly becoming a piece of that family that knows. I used to wear a shirt in high school that said local celebrity. They sold it at Walmart. Yeah. But it was like no one else bought it. So I felt like, oh, no one else, no one else, no one else had the balls to even go for it. I was like, well, I feel like this is where I'm headed. So fuck it. I'm wearing this shirt. I'm wearing this fucking shirt. And then you realize like beyond the beyond the joke, beyond the gimmick of the shirt, beyond the um the initial interactions of people being like, oh, okay, local celebrity you in the nutcracker. There's something deeper there where people would respect and acknowledge that yes. you, you got the balls to go for that. But also like I it sounds egotistical. It's not. I don't think it is at all. It's I don't think it is at all. It's for me just being able to say that I celebrate and I encourage discovery. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that discovery yeah. could be like, hey, let's make a meal together and let's see if we can make something right. delicious. Right. And then depending where you're from too, like I'm from fucking Delaware. We've got Ryan Philippi and Aubrey Plaza. You know what I mean? Like there's not a bunch of us from where I'm from who've made some massive success and then brought it back home in a major way. Yeah. And so to think about like daring to be that person that could one day hopefully achieve such massive success that you could bring it back home and, and, and then hope that what you bring back is enough to stimulate that economy, that world, those people. Yeah, I you get know? that. I get that. I get that. I, I mean, but honestly, I don't have that. I, yeah. I, I think that for me, it's very selfishly the people that I like to be around. And right on. like, right on. You still got something you fight for. Yeah. And like, I don't know if this is dangerous to say, but nepotism is real. And nepotism is real specifically because you. And dangerous to say, it's a fucking fact. But it, like, it, like, okay, so we just did. Was Jaden Smith gonna come kick your ass? No, like <laughs> <laughs> we just did. You know what? Uh, Fifteen-hour days or fourteen-hour days yeah, together, and we're yeah, in the trenches and we're doing yeah. that stuff. And you were there, and yeah, all these guys. Did the fuck you need to do? Josh was there. Travis was there. All these right. guys are there for me. So if they come back to me to do this, I'm not just gonna say yes because it's some sort of badge of honor thing. I'm mm -hmm. not gonna be like. Well, you do this for me, so now I have to you you show right, up with your coin. Right, it's right, not that. Right, it's right, right, I right. like you. Yeah. I yeah, like you. Yeah. And then when we're together, you help me create. We work well together to discover things. Mm. And so is nepotism a bad thing? Only if you're trying to get in. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the truth of it. Like if it's if you're in, it's a good thing. Because then people are respecting the amount of commitment that you put into the work that you've done. Yeah. People are respecting what time that you put into what they've right. done. Well, when, when did we get to the point where it was like we had to fucking rely on this thing? Like think about music, right? Mm -hmm. Artists can go record their shit, release their shit, put it out there to people. You have platforms to do that with. You slow. It's slower, 
but you build your fucking brand and you get your shit going sure. and you get your audience. Now, is your audience going to be the fucking Michael Jackson, Drake, multiple spots on the Billboard top? T- Taylor Swift, I think, just did it where like every single song on her shit is in the Billboard Hot 100. Are you going to get there? No. But will you have a fan base? Yes. Yes. And will they ride or die fuck with you? Yes. And will they get your shit? Absolutely. So who the fuck are we making the movies for? Right. At a certain point, I think we got to ask ourselves, when the big money machine starts to go, it's Marvel, and it's going in this direction, and everything starts to go the IP direction, not just Marvel, but just blankly using the term IP for any intellectual property that's pre-existing by action figures, comic books, books, or whatever the right, fuck else. Easy sell. That's the direction it's going, because the fan base is already there. Well, then who's making movies for the fan base that doesn't have those things? Exactly. Right? Like, if, if, you're, if you weren't a Harry Potter reader... When the movies came out, what movie was coming out for you? Right. If you weren't of someone who some who was a fan of Lord of the Rings books, when those books or the animated series or movies from back in the day, what movies were you going to see then? Right. If it wasn't that, so now it's Marvel. Well, if you're not reading those books, if you're not reading DC books, if that's just not really your shit, which no, no harm, no foul, but who's making movies for you? Right. And then there's this sense of greater respect that I have for like The Matrix or these movies that don't have. I mean, sure, they were based upon a lot of things, but they don't have that. And it's discovery. Absolutely. It's discovery. So. That's why you go make it for yourself, man. Yeah. It's like just like we talked about what we did. You 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 find your guy your gal that acts. You find your guy your gal that that shoots someone who directs somebody who edits. And people who love these things. You find someone who writes. You find someone who likes the gaff. Someone who's really happy being a PA. Someone who loves food and they would love nothing more than to show up and put craft together for you. You find those people and then you go make something. Yeah. And you go make something. You let everyone know right out of the gate. This is, this, is, this is what we're doing. This is the money we're working with. So it's really, really fucking slim. And maybe along the way you found a way to... I don't know, get a fiscal sponsorship or, you know, I'm hearing from producers, all these different things. It's like, it's a constantly just a railroad of new information and things that can help you. But along the way, you just, I think when you walk on set to me, anyway, I don't give a fuck about once I walk on set, I don't give a fuck about anything to anybody else who has not put foot here. Yeah. If you didn't show up when I show and the day that I'm here, it doesn't matter to me. Because yeah. all that matters right now, and it's no disrespect to whoever has different days, but I mean, in the sense of doing it independent, the people who walked on set or have scheduled days or they were here before I got here, those are the people that matter to me because we all showed up and said, okay, cool, we're here for this thing right here in front of us. Yeah. And that matters. And that matters. And we all do our best to try to make it work, hoping that this succeeds enough that we get to do it again, hopefully with a little bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And, and the more I think, it's a good question. The more more I think about it, it just comes down to, it just comes down to that, man. It just comes down yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Look at, look at, okay, for example, Michaela Cole is an actress from the UK. She uh, wrote the show Chewing Gum that was on Netflix, mm-hmm. originally BBC, huge hit, funny as fuck. It's a fantastic story. She then did went on to do the show for HBO. Uh, after I think a bunch of fallout because Netflix had tried to do a deal with her and they wanted a lot of creative control and she was like, here's here's the only way we're doing it. Either you let me do it how I want to do it or we just don't do it. Yeah. And I'm okay with not doing it. So, 
And so Netflix said no, but HBO picked it up and she got her show, uh, I May Destroy You. What, uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if she, I don't remember if she won or not, but I know she got nominated at least. Forgive me for not knowing, but I know she at least got nominated for an Emmy for that show. And she wrote it, she wrote the show and acted in it uh, and then got, other, got, a, got a team of people around her, right? And so I said, wow, look at this person. This fantastic actress, this fucking brilliant writer, like her, her show is nominated across the board. Wow. And then she's in Black Panther 2 and she speaks a handful of times. Right. And I go, what? Right. What? Why is she not doing more? Yeah. When I saw her on the trailer, I said, oh, God, Michaela. Ugh. She's so goddamn fine, first off. But second, she's so talented, so remarkably brilliant. Why is there not more happening here? Yeah. And so go do it with your friends. Go keep doing it with your friends. Because if you go over into this arena, there are rules. There are rules because it's bigger money. And so yeah. there should be more rules because it's bigger money. But fuck that shit. For now, for now, fuck it. For now, fuck it. We'll get there when we get there. For now, let's go, let's go do our thing. Yeah. Let's go make our chewing gum. Let's go make our, our I may destroy you. Let's go do those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's go those directions and tell these really pivotal, fantastic, brilliant stories because the only thing that makes them really stand out is they're our stories. They're things that we understand and we relate to. They're experiences that we've really had. And so they're honest. And so there's an audience somewhere who goes, oh my God, I've been waiting for somebody to talk about this. Yeah, I've been waiting for this story. I've been waiting for this character. I've been waiting for this connection. Yes. It's the reason we all have love and first sight, right? As you watch a TV show, it's no different. You fucking see a book in the store, it's no different. You look at it, you go, ooh, what's that? Yeah. I just bought a book called White Horse the other day like that. Saw the cover, I was like, oh, what is that? That's, that's a kind of a sexy cover. What is that? It looks mysterious. <laughs> it was just a lady with sunglasses. She was blowing a cigarette out, but in the reflection of sunglasses, you could see somebody as she was looking at. And I was like, what is this? Oh, what a sexy cover. That's so interesting. Yeah. And it's a fantastic book so far. <laughs> Fascinating. You got to pare it down. You got to pare it the fuck down, man. That book was 30% off. Okay, take 30% of your budget out of there and then work with what the fuck you got now. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, man. It's interesting. It's a fascinating question. I, like it, I, it, so, Pesci, what hmm. are you fighting for? What am I fighting for? What are you fighting for? The opportunity to be able to create. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah. Consistently. It's The, 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 the fight is to let me get there. Mm. The fight is consistently, I I have to be careful how much I say, but the fight is consistently convincing people to let me just do what we discovered to be a process that works. Yeah. And so then the finesse is trying to educate those around you that you need to educate the people that have the cash the people that have the money the people that have that they're putting a lot on the line right because if you're putting down cash this business there's no sure shot on anything the idea that i'm going to throw a couple million dollars at a fucking bunch of filmmakers and be like hey make me some fucking gold mm-hmm. <laughs> the chances are that it's going to suck are huge yeah. and so that sort of stress is crazy. And so the, this business, the business side of our what we do tries to build these like statistics and these borders and these boundaries mm. where it's like, hey, you, you have to do it this way and you can't be a first time director and do something more than $5 million. And you, you like they just build these things for safety reasons because they're mm. putting all this cash into it. And what you really want to do when you meet an investor is plug their brain into your brain and put them right the fuck down to a specific moment mm. and i can i can rattle off a hundred specific moments mm. that if i can plug an investor into 
and they live that moment the way that I live that moment, they would immediately give us the cash. And that moment is discovery. Mm. And the moment of discovery, and, and to try to give you guys an example, let me see if I can give you an example for something that you've seen that I've done, because there's a lot of examples of what we just did. Stranger Things? No, it's something that I would have to have done myself. Ah, oh, I said that you meant like things uh, established. No. Okay, I see what you're uh, saying. So, oh man, and the beer is fucking murdering my. But you got 12 cam. You got you got who's there? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. You know, to, I'm trying to think. Moped nights. The 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 uh, the DVD with all your your short uh, your little snuff films. So I'll talk. Well, snuff films not made the right term. But <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. That's not what I, I I still don't know how to use that phrase properly. Excuse me. Well, let's talk who's there. For those of you who have seen who's yeah. there, the short, um, there is a sequence in there at the uh, top of the stairs when they go upstairs and we find the babysitter hidden in this room. Yeah. Yeah. And she's hiding behind a chair. Mm-hmm. And that whole sequence that happens there, that was discovered. I walked into that room without an idea of how to shoot that. Mm. Right, I walked into that space with Larry Sampson. The two of us walked in there, and it was Larry because he was a, such a great collaborator. It was Larry who was like, "What if she's behind the chair? And what if she does this whole bit and she's hiding and it's like prison bars?" And we do that, and I was like, "Oh, that's fucking rad!" And then I went and I got Cruda, and I was like, "Dude, we got this really great idea." And he came in and he lit it in a really great way. And then I said to Maggie, who is the great actress, and I said to her like. We're going to confine you behind these bars and you're coming out of the shadows and you're doing all this stuff. And she starts mm. to give that performance and she she gives such a fucking groundbreaking little performance through those bars. And so she does that. That's not even the discovery moment. So all the stuff that we did, so all the discovery that was led to that bit then gave all the ammunition to Shay, who was the other actress that was in this. And Shay had yeah. a hard time with the beginning of that movie. You were on set. Yeah. She yeah. had a hard time with the beginning of that movie. And it was at that moment that she found it. When mm. I had to do the turnaround shot, and I talked about this on the on the Corridor podcast, when I had to do the turnaround shot, after we shot this really inspired, found moment with the chair and Maggie and, and Larry and all of that stuff, Maggie gives a spot, Shay sees it. So now I have to turn around and shoot the reaction shot, which is a throwaway in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's just I need to see what the mom says after this girl gives this fucking performance. Yeah. So we turn the camera around, and she murders it. And she finds the character. She finds all that stuff just because of all those other elements that, that sort of played out. And because she murdered it so hard, I watched it. And I had a plan for all that other coverage that was going to happen after that. And when I saw her kill that, I went, holy shit. Everything I planned is wrong. Mm. So now I got to stop everything. Mm -hmm. So what I'm explaining here is the magic. This is what every filmmaker talks about. I just watched this clip on Spielberg, you know, being uh, sort of depressed that he was finishing up his new movie and he was so excited Mm. about being on the set. This is why we fight. As directors, we fight for these fucking moments. And no matter how much prep I do or how many ideas I have or what I think you're going to look like on screen, I don't give a shit about it. Like, I have to do all that prep Mm -hmm. just to make the thing start. I have to do all that work. You're fighting for the moment. Just to get there. 
for the moment. Fighting to be there Mm -hmm. in that space with everything I need Mm -hmm. to find it. Yeah, because that's the moment, right? Where you, you, it all lines up for you. Yeah. You see the frame, the camera started to push in just like you wanted. Yep. And the actor hits it just in a, in a, in a, in a maybe in a way you hadn't thought about, it, but they, they hit it just right for you. And the lights all together. And then they, and you could see it end. You could see the, mo- it's like, a, like, it's like watching a flower blossom and then close. It's like the Dennis the Menace shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where you're just like wa- watching this beautiful moment happen and then it, it shrivels up and then the actor goes, because they don't know what the fuck else to do anymore. Because you're like, oh, how much are we shooting? Do you want me to keep the whole fucking story from right here? Like, what do you want to do? Yeah. And everybody else is like, well, we can't shoot more. Like, when are you going to call cut? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're fighting for the moment. Yeah. You're fighting for the moment. Yeah. yeah. That's what you're fighting for. Is that. Right? It's because we have beautiful moments in our own lives. And so we're looking to replicate these moments, whether it's something I watched in a movie and I, man, it blew me away. I would love to feel how that feels. Like, I don't care about mimicking the shot. I want to feel how that shot made me feel when I look at this. Yeah. You know? It's the same with acting. I never think about... Oh, I want to be like this and this. this. No, no, I don't give a fuck about all that stuff. I'm not trying to imitate. I want to feel. I want to feel like how I felt when I watched somebody do something. Mm-hmm. I seen this guy do this scene and it was so amazing. I saw this gal do this monologue and it blew me away and it made me feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in the midst of doing it and I feel that thing for one of those two, I go, ooh, ooh, I think I'm in the pocket. Hold on. And I can play around a little bit. Yeah, I go back and like watch the playback and say, "Yeah, now I feel like the kid watching." I go, "God damn it! Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, man, that's it. That's it." We tried to do that that's a it. couple times with you. Yeah, we were and I know I typically don't like going to the monitor. It's not my thing. Mm-hmm. It's just too distracting. But it's all distracting because it was like there's usually never just I'm the only actor. There's like two, three, four other people, five other people. You go to the monitor and now you're like, well, who's not going to the monitor? Well, who at the monitor is fucking oh, annoying? That's that's and funny. now they're being annoying at the monitor. So I don't want to go to the monitor because I'm just going to get lumped into the annoying actor category because this motherfucker don't know how to be at the monitor quietly. Oh, that's funny. You got the actor at the monitor like, well, what if we just change the lighting? Bro, that's not what you got brought over here. Yeah. That's not what the invitation was about. You get to yeah. come look and see what you're doing and see how you can play around because it helps. Like if I know, oh, bad. Okay, Pesci is going to do this pushing right here at this moment. So I'm going to look at the coin here. Ah, okay. I can kind of cater to what he's doing because I know yep. what he's doing on his side now. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I get what Travis is doing with the camera now. Okay, great. But to just go and be like, look at yourself and go, well, I didn't like that my bang was in my face yeah. that time. Yeah. Come on. That's not it. What are you fighting for? What yeah. are you fighting for? Well, all right, all right. So what are you fighting for? <sighs> this is why I asked this, because I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> 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 I just did all that hard work. I just did all that honestly, hard work. Honestly, man, honestly, I think, um, I think there's a part of me that as a kid had such a solid bank available for moments of movies. Not necessarily other things. There's video game stuff that would stick. There was school stuff that would stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but memories of people were always things that just, I they, they stayed with me for so long, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it was family or things I watched in movies. When I watched the movies, I realized, oh, I can go back to those memories. I can revisit those things. And something in me feels very nostalgic when I act. And the fight for it, like the continue to push for it, to get to do it more and more, and more is to, to build upon the memory I get to have, right? Like, 
I know that one day the money that comes with what my career could be uh, could be very life-changing for my immediate family. Sure. I'm always on the phone talking to my dad and my sister and trying my mom and trying to like schmooze them into moving to Los Angeles. No one's going to do it right away because it's fucking expensive. If I was in a position where I could pay to be like, hey, listen, we've got two houses. Why don't you guys just come out and tell me which one you like? <laughs> oh, this would be a very different conversation. The reward for me is that I get to have my family right here with me. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't my family so close? Because I grew up quoting movies with them. Yeah. So I'll give you, uh, uh, you know what? No, here's what it is. The other day I was on the phone with my, my uh, uh, the November, November 8th was my dad's birthday and my uh, nephew's birthday. So I called my dad, we were on the phone, and I talked to my sister. She puts my nephew on the phone. So we're all on the phone just saying happy birthday to them. Uh, and as we get to talking about it, we find our way into joking. Our family, just we live off movie quotes, so we find our way into <laughs> different movie quotes. And that leads us to movie quotes from a short film I did. Mm-hmm. I never realized that they fucked with that movie. That's funny that they're quoting a movie that you did. Yeah, and they're quoting my line. And and mind you, the scene that the, the moment they're quoting was a moment in the movie where I improvised because nothing was written and I was like, ah fuck, I don't want to play around like this. It's also my favorite moment of that movie. So I was like, oh, you guys really fuck with that moment? They're like, yeah, what are you kidding? My sister was like, anytime something like this or this happens in life, I always just like think this line, that line in my head. And my dad was like, yeah, I was watching it like, they think you're acting, but I know who you really are. And that's really just you right now. And I thought, holy shit, I've transcended from that place where we grew up just doing movie quotes and imitating Mm -hmm. scenes in the house Mm -hmm. and like running around with the yak back like it was a taser and we're doing dialing a Dr. Moreau and shit (laughs) like We've we've gone past that thing to where now the thing I did on set that was just free form, my family fucks with enough that they're quoting it and running the joke back. Yeah. And now we have a whole conversation yeah. going. Yeah. And I thought, holy shit, man. The girl that I grew up with, my sister, she likes my movies. Yeah, it's great. Oh shit. Yeah. My dad quotes my fucking movie my short film, it's not even like it's not even a big thing. No one else really knows about it. Mm-hmm. But they're on the phone like, what the fuck are you talking about? We love that movie. Are you kidding? And then they're hitting me with like, honestly, I like these other ones. And I'm like, wait, you know about those two? And they're like, yeah, but this one's my favorite. And that one's, again, these are all short films. This is not even getting into the studio stuff. Right. That's what I fight for. Mm. It's a nice thing. That's what I fight for is is that thing of of, uh, making the people that that loved me before the movies love my movies. Yeah. Love what I do in my movies. Love the way the movies make them feel. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I grew up with them. I shared this time and space and all this education, just this, this aspiration and dreams, all this wish upon a star shit was with them. And so for them to on the back end go, oh, I love that. I love yeah. how that makes me feel. That's, that's really nice. Actually. That's the fucking win, man. If every movie I make my dad, mom and sisters, find a quote in the movie mm-hmm. and it could be different quotes but if they find a moment in there where they go oh that's my shit mm-hmm. and i hope by the time i retire they each have a different movie and i hope they fucking debate i hope they go i loved this one and say you're full of shit in star wars 36 he was amazing and I'm like no 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 what was the thing he did with pesci now that was my shit that one i that terminator one that was it he had that line and I want the debate. I want that passion. I want that excitement because that's exactly why the fuck I started doing it was 
being a kid, listening to those conversations, having those conversations, wanting to have those conversations with other kids and no, not really being able to find the space to do it in. Yeah. And so now like you, you, you're so inspired by this art form. You chase it. You chase it for the rest of your life. And then you get there and you get to make it. And we get here where we're doing it. And the only thing we focus on is who's saying, yes, we can do it. Yeah, I know. And we get caught up in that thing. And then we get jaded and we get pissed off. So we drink and we hang out and we bullshit, we party and we did all that. We do all these things to numb it and take care of it and make ourselves feel better. And we stop, like, we, we just slow down on doing the thing that we set out to do. Yeah. And all it takes is that little reminder, the family being like, I love that fucking line. I loved that moment. That, that I think about that all the time. Really? Yeah. And you go, okay, then maybe I need to go do another one. Maybe I, maybe I don't wait around. Because that moment right there, we didn't wait for people to say yes. We just went and go did it. Yeah. Just go do it. Go do it so the audience can have the experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you fight for. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is a kid somewhere, man, who's going to pull up and watch a Mike Pesci film and go, God damn it. <laughs> I live in Sandwich, Massachusetts. Can I also make movies? He's talking right to me, folks. <laughs> That's what's going Absolutely. On. Absolutely. That's what's going on? Absolutely. Uh yeah. No, I know, dude. I know. I know. It, like the the subtext here is that the move to Los Angeles for me was exciting but also um uh, brutalizing because oh, yeah. when you and i'm not a special fucking snowflake i'm not the only guy that's been through this but when you move here because you have stuff that you bank on so you've got a couple pieces that everybody's very excited about and they want to make these things happen they want to make them go through um you get into the system mm -hmm. which is the pitch system which is the writing system which is the whole game and you get into this game where you spend a lot of fucking time working on this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm not a special snowflake. Every major director has gone through this. Um, you end up running ragged trying to make these things happen and chasing mm -hmm. the statistics and mm -hmm. chasing what producers say that you're supposed to be doing and how these scenes should play and how long these things should be and what it is that you're supposed to be focusing on. And you spend so much time empowered by these folks that are like, this is going to happen and this will be a thing. And then you just consistently get your fucking hopes shat on because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the build to, uh, let's say that you get an approval, right? And I know there's a lot of you listening to this show that consistently write to me and say, how do you get someone to see your movie? How do you get someone to mm -hmm. start to green light? Here's what happens. You find somebody accidentally through some sort of connection or whatever else. Mm. They show up and they go, we love it. We love what you're doing. We love your idea. This is a great idea. They start to fan you. They start to fan your creativity. They start to fan your ego. Mm -hmm. And so you start to build it up and they say stuff like, we're going to make this happen. No matter what's going to happen, this is going to be a thing. So just tweak it, work on it, make it happen, do mm -hmm. this process. And so... You go through this long, laborious process of of transforming an idea that you had that you're now putting through the minds of what you assume are people that know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Because now they're big producers, now they're big folks. 
And so you start writing these things and they become something different and they start to morph and you start to go down different pathways and alleyways and what if this creature looked like this and what if this is all about that? And so you start writing multiple drafts yeah. and start doing all this shit, right? Yeah. And each and every time you turn something in, this is amazing. This is going to kill. This is going to crush. This is going to be great. And so that that graph, that sort of, that that rise is a long rise to get to that point, right? So what you're doing is you're you're developing an idea to get all the way to the point where it can get made, mm-hmm. right? And so that usually is developing it as much as you possibly can, answering as many questions as you can, giving backstory, and like taking out every little detail that a financier could find wrong with it. Mm. And so you go through this whole process and the entire write-up, the producers that you're working with are like, this is great. We're going to do it no matter what. It's going to be great. This isn't something that I'm talking. What I'm describing doesn't take place over two weeks. Mm -mm. What I'm describing doesn't take place over five months. What I'm describing takes place over a year, Mm -hmm. two years. And so now you find yourself in this game. And every time I go through this game, I'm always checking in and saying, are we wasting our time? Is mm-hmm. this what we're supposed to be doing? Is this the right way? It's going to be great. It's going to fucking crush. It's going to kill. Mm-hmm. So then you get to the end when it's time for it to happen. And if there's a, the slightest thing wrong, and it could be beyond every, all the prep that you've done. It could be what happened in the environment. It could be what happened socially. It could be anything that's beyond your fucking control if there's one element that's wrong it disappears Mm. it goes away and the the difference between that rise graph in the end it's a straight drop Mm. and so you spend a year two years doing this thing and then it's fucking gone and it's gone like that and it's Mm. gone so quickly that you don't even recognize it Mm. and so it's it's almost like it's the it's the, I don't want to be too dramatic about this, but it's it's the equivalent to your best friend getting hit by a car as you cross the street. Mm. Yeah. Done, gone, finished. Yeah, because you put so much time in. All that time and, and all that energy and it's going to be great. Gone, finished. But I want to challenge you here with this. Yes. Because you use the phrase, you're not a special snowflake. I'm not a special snowflake. You use this phrase, right? Yeah. And I think that we get conditioned into acknowledging that. But, but because it's, but I think it does more harm than help. Because what if you are a special snowflake? What if you were to look at yourself as a special snowflake? And what it, what is that? How does that change your value of yourself? How does that change your approach to your work? How does that change the the type of shit you put up with, or what you don't put up with? What if you were to instead go, okay, for the next thirty days, I'm going to treat this as if I am the most specialist of all snowflakes. I'm the shiniest and prettiest. <laughs> this isn't a white joke, although it would make a really, really good white joke. <laughs> I am the shiniest, I am the whitest brightest, and ever. prettiest snowflake of them all. <laughs> what if you are? What if you are? Sure, sure. Now, all jokes aside, then if you are, then how do you move? How do you operate? And I'll take 30 days and just apply that, me- that, that mentality and go, what if I am? Because we've spent all this time not being the shiniest, not being the brightest, not being the most interesting. What if instead you said, fuck it, I'm all those things. It's fascinating. I'm all those things. It's a fascinating. And then I'm going to treat my work as if I'm those things. 
Everything I write, I'm going to write it as if I'm those things. Everything I direct, I'm going to direct as if I'm those things. Everything I act in, everything I produce, everything I set dress, when I show up this crafty and I build this crafty as a PA, it's going to be the shiniest, prettiest, prettiest, brightest fucking snowflake of crafty anyone has ever seen. I'm going to give 100,000% because no one's ever seen it done the way that I do it. What if we treated it like that instead? Mm. It's fascinating. And now that's not to guarantee any results. I have no fucking clue. But I think it's worth an observation and worth exploring. What if I just changed the way I looked at it? Because everything else is dimming your light. So I'm not the prettiest snowflake in the world. I'm not, I'm not a special snowflake. There's a million of us doing it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. But none of them get picked. Somebody at some point had enough fucking balls and brass to go, man, fuck that. I think my shit is amazing. And people yeah. liked that thing at some point, And they said, yeah, come on, come do it. Because yeah. you got fucking brass. Yeah. So what if instead we stopped looking at it as... Let me play to the background. Like, we're not the fucking, we're not the secret card in the sleight of hand card trick. You know what I mean? What if we are the, the when you pull the card and it's your card, and you go, oh my God. It, what if we are that moment? What if that's us? Mm. Instead of being the sleight of hand. We don't have to be the fucking thing on the back burner anymore. It's true. You know what I mean? It's true. Because <laughs> then if you're fighting for things that really matter, then you don't got to be that shit anymore. Because you know what it's worth. You know the value of it. And so you know that your fucking, that your your snowflake is the most important, special, shiniest, brightest fucking snowflake. And it don't got to be for everybody else in this world, but it's the prettiest, brightest, shiniest snowflake for a few people. And if they feel that way, why the fuck don't you? Yeah. It's your work. It's your work. If my family fucking can quote my movies and are pumped about it and have jokes about it and all this stuff, why do, why do I think those movies are shit? What am I comparing it to that I think the stuff that my family loves who taught me movies, why do I think that, that my movies are shit? What am I paying attention to? What am I leaning in on? I'm not leaning on, on to why I started doing this. That's for damn sure. Mm. So what am I leaning in on? What everybody else is doing? What everybody else gets said yes to? Fuck that. Yeah. I, there, there have been three actors since I've moved here who I moved here before or right after who have all blown up. Doing very well. And I look at their thing and I go, ah, part of me could be like, oh boy, what's happening? Well, why do you know? Well, what is it about them? Maybe I'm not like this. Oh, this person's like this snake. Fuck that. It just happens to be that that worked for them. They mm. went for it in a way. Or maybe they didn't. Maybe it's just a luck of the draw. I don't mm. know. Mm. But because we can't quantify it, I go, oh, then why do I dim my light? Why do, why do I? Why does my snowflake whack? Yeah. What if my snowflakes are shit? Yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, you're right. And and just a I think your snowflake's amazing, Mike. Thank you. I want everyone to comment on this <laughs> and just tell Mike his snowflake's amazing. You know what? I'll do this even better. When Mike drops this episode on In Love with the Podcast <laughs> Instagram. In Love with the Podcast Instagram. I want In Love with the Process. There it is. That's the beers talking. Yeah. I want everybody to drop a fucking snowflake under Mike's uh Mike's oh. post. <laughs> Let me be clear. Just so Mike knows that his snowflake is special and important. I appreciate it. Let me be clear. Let Fuck that. Drop the snowflakes. Whatever he's going to say next, still drop the snowflakes. I'm just going to say that it's not that I don't think that my work is great. It's just that I find that there's a piece of me, and you're not wrong. I find that there's a piece of me that sits here and goes, I'm not going to bitch about what I'm going through as if mm. I'm the only person that's ever gone through this before. 
And so when I make a comment like I'm not a special snowflake, it's just it. I, what I'm essentially saying is I know that other people have gone through this before. Yeah. So it's not like you don't want to be that guy that's bitching. Yeah, but we haven't heard you go through it. No, you're right. I, I get mean, it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I totally get and it. And nobody wants to hear Michael Bay be like, boy, oh boy, once upon a time it was so difficult. Be like, fuck out of here. You just had a movie in theaters just now. Yeah, you want to be Michael Bay. You don't Bay. want to hear that now. Yeah, but you want to be Michael Bay. Mike, we want to hear it now from you now. Yeah. So yeah. we understand what it takes to get there. So when the day comes, you make a big fucking movie. And then 10 years from now, we're talking about Mike Pesci movies. Come on, of course. Yeah. What do you mean? We want to know. We can go back and go, man, remember what it was like before you finally got it. And then the, the catharsis is for us trying to get it. We go, it wasn't easy for Mike neither. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know. I know what you mean, dude. It's good. It's so good everybody advice. drop a snowflake in the comments. <laughs> I hope you get so many snowflakes in the comments. <laughs> There's a snowflake emoji. In fact, I think there might be two. Pick your poison. Drop it in the comments. I think this is the, this is a landmark moment where... <laughs> yeah. That was that was a very emotional thing, and that was very nice of you to say those things. That was very nice. We got to acknowledge it, man. We didn't move across the fucking country for nothing. I have a friend, JJ, who just got here yesterday. Yeah. And we were talking to him sporadically at random points on his way here, and there was a point where he was in his last... I think he was about 12 hours out, but he was super, like the end, he was the end of the day at 12 hours out. So he was like, I can't drive no more. I got to park it. So we, we said, you just park it, get some, get some rest. It's only like, I think it was like eight o'clock for him. I was like, park it, get some rest, man. Get a good night's sleep. Yeah. Wake up when you wake up or get up early and hit the road. And you'll feel way better because you know, I only have 12 hours left. And he was like, man, this fucking drive was so much. But I said, but you got to remember you did the drive. There's a bunch of people who didn't do the drive here. Yeah. That flew out. That didn't have as far to come. And I mean, that's not against them. You were born and raised in Las Vegas. And you wanted to be in movies or make movies. And you drove right here in six hours. No problem. But there's something to be acknowledged about the fact that we came from as far as we did. Yeah. That is, people did this initially to come find fucking gold. <laughs> And mind you, there's no roadmaps and wild animals and plague and disease and all kinds of ridiculous shit we don't have to deal with. But we still did that voyage. We did that same journey they did to come out here and strike fucking gold. Yeah. And you're going to pull up and say, well, I don't think my pickaxe is as good as their pickaxe, but it's my pickaxe. Fuck that. I got the best pickaxe in town. And right. I'm swinging this motherfucker at every rock I get a chance. Right. Why not? <laughs> right, 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 right. Is part of the process. No, well, you boom, fucking, you fucking boom, ass. and that's my time, boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we should probably wrap this. We've done two and a half hours for today's episode. We some talking asses. My dad said I talk more than a goose got ass. I think he was right. Uh huh. Well, look, um, I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, brother. I really do. Uh, I really enjoyed making that piece with you, and I yeah. know it's going to come together great. But oh, even yeah. if not, I think that we've already had the rewards of what that piece could give. Absolutely, us. I really do. It was in the doing. Yes, that's it, man. One hundred percent. That's it. Uh, the rest of the shit is big checks, houses, and trophies. <laughs> yeah, please. I mean, I want those things. I'm not going to say I don't want those things. I want those things. <laughs> please, please. Please. Um, well, dude, thanks for It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Hey, thanks, man. I have a good time every time. Um, and I appreciate you being here. And uh, up 
we didn't mention it, but uh, you're in that new Whitney movie that's coming out. Yeah, yeah, December 21st. You think December you're going to get a cut from this one? No, I know for a fact I'm not, because I already did ADR. Nice. <laughs> and you were on screen with uh, Tucci. Stanley Tucci, absolutely. He was such a gem. What? Fuck yeah, dude. I got asked at the bar two nights ago. Um, I, I, I started telling people when I meet him at the bar, if they ask what I do, so I'm a writer. Because I think that there's less pretense involved yes and then we get to talk about my acting and that's fine um but i tell them this and they go, oh yeah they get excited they're actors and so we get to talk and shit and then we talk about like uh, as a bartender the two actresses we get to talk about stories of people that we worked that were just, just trash like what wasn't good and i i hated it because it was like it's so negative it's just a shitty conversation i said tell me like a really good experience you had like where you met somebody and went holy shit that's why i do this and my exact words were you met that person and afterwards you said yes this experience this is why i make movies mm-hmm. and so we talk and we exchange and say what's yours and i uh this isn't about uh the whitney movie or sunny tucci but it takes me back to equalizer 2 with denzel and mm-hmm. there was it'd be just because of the subtlety of the moment that they were shooting my coverage over his shoulder mm-hmm I'm supposed to be emotional. I'm doing my thing. And Denzel uh, improvises a line for me to look at him. And so when I look up at him, he looks to the camera over his shoulder. For the camera, you can't tell. But for me, it's extremely obvious he's nodding at the camera. And I go, oh, fuck, that's right. The fucking, because they're looking at me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought, what a gift. Like, to meet this guy. And he's like, listen, make sure they get you, man. You're doing it. Wait, wait, wait. So he was... That's fascinating. So he was nodding at the camera for what reason? So it's my like emotional breakdown scene, right? Yeah. And he's there. He's got my hand. He's going to break it. And he's like, look at me. So I look up and he does one of these at the camera. And I go, oh, right. Because I'm like doing this. The camera's only seeing my hairline. There's nothing about my performance is going to go in that cut. Uh-huh. But I look up at him reacting to his line. He gives the nod to the camera. I'm like, oh, fuck her. Right. And so I just gently make sure I cheat out a bit more and give the performance to him really good because that's what gets seen and that's right. what goes in the fucking movie. Right, you opened the camera. Yeah. Fucking wild. Okay, so that must have been wild to, for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. One, you're meeting Denzel. <laughs> yeah. So what was the first meeting with Denzel like for you? We get on set and we were rehearsing and uh, I remember Antoine Fuqua was like, well, he goes here and he goes there. Where do you go? And I said, <sighs> it, it caught me so off guard because I wasn't expecting to even like have a conversation with either of them yeah. in this way. So I went, I don't know. I'm going to go over the fucking couch if I have to. I just want to get the fuck away from him. And then I goes, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? I said, I don't know, over here or some shit. He said, I'm sure you're going to go. Stand up. So I stand up. <laughs> He, he takes me by the seat of my pants like the belt, puts a hand on the shoulder, he walks me, he's like, all right, let's go over here. And he walks me around the couch to where I thought I was going to go, right? And there's just windows over there. We're in the fucking penthouse of the, like, the new Millennium Building in Boston. Like, there's, there's fucking nothing sure. up that high. Sure. And so he walks me over, and he's like, open the window. And I crack the window, and it's one of those like, small windows just like, like four inches opens up. And he's like, I'll jump. That's all you can do. Where are you going to go? And I was like, this motherfucker really made this long drawn out thing to make this joke. I would have made this joke 30 beats before this. I would have definitely hit a punchline sooner than this. And so I'm like, I'm laughing my ass off because I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I'm having this moment right now where it's Denzel, myself, and the fucking director, Antoine Fuqua. And we're all laughing at this thing. But everyone else on set is also laughing. And if you're not laughing and genuinely you're laughing because you think you're supposed to laugh. Sure. 
and it hits me right then and there. And this is why I still feel like that experience is, 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 is the one for me where I realized, holy shit, look where I'm at. Yeah, fucking This weird. is why I make movies. It's for this moment. And this moment will never get seen. Nobody ever seen any of this. But it loosened me up. It made me work better. Uh, I, I, it, it gave Denzel and I a little bit more of uh, interaction so that when we had to improvise our scenes later on, it felt easier. Yeah. You know, it just made me, it, like, it gave me so much trust. Because I think, like, even even at our level, we have to trust. Yeah. Because you're the big fucking wig. And you yeah. guys are all elite Hollywood in my mind when I show up. I'm just a fucking Uber driver who got lucky in an audition. That's how I see it. Yeah. And so I show up, a guy in a long family of fucking car drivers who just so happened to finagle his way in to the studio movie. Yeah. I don't fucking trust anyone in here. Because I don't know you fuckers and all y'all at my level or below. And like, I don't know what you're trying to get after. I don't trust anybody above me because I don't know the fuck y'all are after either. I don't trust anyone in this fucking room except me. Mm-hmm. And so having it broken down into a way where I was like, okay, I like this. This is cool. This is the shit. This feels fun. So was that like, was that first meeting that he did that? Yep. Holy yeah. fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So when he, gra- like, when he grabbed you, it must have been fucking like. Oh, to like do the scene itself? Yeah. So it, well, it started shit on me because he was so like, mm, in it, right? But I knew it was on the page. So I was like, nah, I'm, I'm, I know this, this, this he's gonna have to snatch me up at some point mm-hmm. all right but i understand that because like it's like when uh in, in the whitney movie they do a scene with uh stanley where um where he's on the phone with the label and they're arguing about what whitney's release is going to look like and me being the guy who discovered whitney i'm very adamant about the original version of this tape being it now in the scene it's just me standing there listening and i got fucking bored doing that the first few takes i was like i'm gonna do something i don't want to fucking stand here you know what I mean? Like, that's not... In my mind, I'm like, that's not how great actors are made. The great <laughs> moments in cinema aren't made from standing around and doing nothing. <laughs> so I go over and I'm starting to fuck around with shit. And Stanley Tucci's got the cassette. And so I start... That's the one. That's the tape. That's the tape. And it gets to the point where I feel like he's not fucking getting it. So the last take I did of it, I just went, use it. Use it. That's it. <laughs> and he goes, how is that helping? <laughs> I was like, and then I got, I got thrown off because I didn't know if it was like him genuinely being like, how is that helping the scene? Or how is that helping as Clive Davis? And I, I literally remember, I hope, I hope that it makes it in just so I can see me freeze up because I was like, oh, are we doing too much? <laughs> And I just turn, I just turn and face the fake fucking city landscape that's outside of the, outside of the studio we're shooting in. And I was like, <laughs> you know, like you don't know what to say, so you do dumb shit like. <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> what did you, did you ask him after you guys? Caught? No, I didn't say anything because I was like, I'm gonna get fucking kicked off set for doing too much. But she yells, uh, our director yells, cut. And um, oh my god! <laughs> I just look over Stanley Tucci because I'm like I have to, I'm at the end of the scene. I walk out, so I'm like walk. I'm standing back uh, like a little bit away from him, uh, and I look at him. and He just goes, points at me, and shakes his head like, "Yep, yeah. mm-hmm. that's it. All right." And so I felt like you know what, man? Hey, you 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 get certain moments where the the cats that you love. You get to do your thing with, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean. And for brief, brief, small. I mean, my moments are small. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely fortunate and grateful for for where life has put me to be able to have the moments I've had. You know what I mean. 
I've got three fucking Oscar winners under my belt for people I've worked with. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. Denzel, Leo, Jen, and then you get Saint Tucci, Oscar nominee, and and you're spending you're talking to these people every single time i sat and had a conversation with denzel that taught me something i sat in a conversation with leo that taught me something i sat and had a conversation with stanley tucci that taught me something i had a conversation with jennifer lawrence that taught me something every single one of those moments told me something about me as a person but also them outside of the hollywood outside of the celebrity outside of the oscar status mm-hmm. and they were all different things yeah yeah but I learned something very, very, very small, something missable. I learned every time with each one of them. And I come away from it and I go, man, I had these fucking amazing experiences. Here's these cool stories. But I can never, ever give you what each of those moments were and what each of those things taught me about being in this business. Hmm. Fucking gems. And it's, it's not necessarily that they said, hey, look out for this thing. Or, hey, make sure you do this. It wasn't that. It's just how they did. It was a conversation I had with you about something totally fucking random on set. And I said, I never thought about it like that. Man, look at how they approach life. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio sat down and said, so what movies are y'all watching? Right. Remember to be that guy still when you get there. Remember to be that guy still. He must have been an interesting dude to watch. Absolutely. Fucking fascinating. In my mind, from from my perspective, best actor I've ever seen. Really? Still. What, Still, you, what, hands what down. about him really impressed you? His ability to go in and out. I'm not impressed by the guy, gal, that is so married to the character they can't break it and stop it. And even between cuts, they have to be in it. I'm not impressed by that anymore. When I was younger, yeah, I was super impressed. I was trying to emulate that thing. And now I'm more impressed by the person who can pause it, have a conversation. Maybe they say, I need to step over here for a second, be by myself. Okay. But then we go, okay, we're ready to go again. And they come back in, take a breath, and they're back the fuck in. That's crazy. Like nothing. It's the ability to turn it off and on. That's impressive. That's more impressive than being able to leave it on. Nobody's fucking impressed by you flooding the sink. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's impressive is using how knowing how to use a well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Designing, building, constructing this thing, being able to make that function. That's impressive. Leaving the water on anyone can fucking do. Yeah. That's crazy. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Gems, man. Gems. Gems. Forever grateful. Forever well, dude, grateful. I'm grateful to have you as a bud. I really am. You and I have like become very close over the years. Yeah, man. You're my fucking guy, Mike. Ah. <laughs> that's that's a that's a high five or a dap. <laughs> is that what that is? That's a, well, a dap you up. Well, we got we got to bring in a little tighter for a proper uh, dap. Yeah, I'm one of those awkward guys yeah. that you have to guide. You me got through. your nails polished and shit now. I don't know if you know. You oh, mean my little black my black fingernails <laughs> stuff. I'm not gonna lie, go. God, I got to do the dance. This motherfucker nails is painted. What's going on? It's from Halloween. I was not gonna ask you, but I want to wait till after we after we shot. I was like, want to fuck with your mojo. It's from Halloween. I said, Mike done, Mike done joined the Illuminati. He painting his nails now. God damn. That's, right. That's how those videos online are. He painted his nails. He joined the Illuminati. There's Lady Gaga eating a Dorito chip. She's joined them. She's a reptilian husk. Yeah, I'm trying to earn my way onto the spaceship out of here with my yeah. painted nails. No, this is from the this is from Halloween. I just leave them on. It's yeah. fun. It's fun to leave them on. Listen, lean in, man. You know what? I think things are changing so much, and I think in a really beautiful way. The best thing we can do is to pay attention to our emotions, pay attention to the emotions of other people in and outside of work. It doesn't fucking matter. And just show up for people. Forget about the work for a second. Show up for people. Forget about the movie. Forget about the scene. 
Forget about the nine to five, the punching and punch out. Show up for people. Because the best moments happen right before and right after the work. I agree. Completely. Okay. I think that's it, man. We've uh, crossed into new territory. As far as the length of this episode is concerned, it was all good. So oh, yeah. uh, I appreciate you being here, brother. Don't ask me my questions. It was a great walk offline. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> We're done. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Music, music cue now. <laughs>